no, I'm kidding. Uh, oh, wrong screen over here. I'm supposed to go over here. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Tuesday show. I don't think David and Tubo realize that when they talk during the title sequence, that makes me have to do more editing work. So that's awesome. So thank you guys for that. Uh, Absolutely, James. Happy to be here. Great help to you. Yeah, well, here I am eating my Herosis and Maror. Shout outs to everybody who celebrated Passover over the past weekend. I still have a ton of both of those. What's going on, Tubbo? How are you? Uh, I'm great. No one knows what that food is that you just said. <laughs> Buddy, I'm eating straight horseradish right now on top of on top of unleavened bread with a mixture of nuts and apples and honey and some other stuff that's in Horus. I don't know. Whatever it is, my mom makes. It's great. It's awesome. Is, is it? Is it actually good, or is it you just yes. rub with it? So now you have to say it's good. Little of column A, little of column B, probably. But <laughs> right. I'm I'm real happy with it. I'm real happy All with right. it. So here's what we're going to be doing tonight. We're going to be talking about we play MK11 UFL. Good and bad. A lot of good, some bad. Game news, bunch of uh, some stuff. Maybe not a bunch of stuff. Some stuff to talk about. We have an interview with special guest Brian F, who's going to be talking about playing, content creation, hosting, Street Fighter Five, all sorts of stuff. Whatever we think of, we'll talk about. Yeah. We have a couple of five-five matchups that we're going to get to. Who's on your Mount Rushmore of the FGC? Da-na-na, and other stuff. There's some other stuff from the viewers, of course. Talk about some tournament results. A little bit of community news to talk about. I'm out of here, guys. I'll see you all <laughs> next time. <laughs> Whoops. And then to round things off, we have the mailbag. Straight horseradish. That's right. That's right. Straight, Don't you guys I mean, like horseradish? I actually I do. Feel- I actually do like horseradish. Whenever I go to okay. Arby's, I always get the horsey sauce. And if I get a roast beef sandwich, has to have horseradish on there. Otherwise, I will not eat it. I mean, I have, like, a tremendous amount of beet horseradish in here. I don't know if you can see how much that is, but it's a very large amount. And I'm looking forward <laughs> to eating it. Tubo looks... I'm going to have... I'm going to have... Go to Arby's. Clean nostrils tonight. It's going to be great. My sinuses are going to be absolutely free and clear. That whole Let's thing about that whole thing about art people hating Arby's is such a bad rap, dude. Arby's is amazing. I don't know what people have a problem with Arby's <laughs> for. James, let me sit upon your lap. We can talk about <laughs> art together. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get close to you and let you know. <laughs> I would kill you, James. God. All right. Let's talk about We Play. Massage, we Play is a tournament happening over there in Ukraine, in Kiev, in Ukraine. They did this with Mortal Kombat before when they did the Dragon Temple, which at this point was a few months ago. It was real fancy production, augmented reality, all sorts of fancy stuff. Just like we have on the UCTV Tuesday show, augmented reality. Exactly the same. Same quality, for sure. Same quality, absolutely right. And they did it again. They, in fact, have a whole season with multiple different games. There's going to be Soul Calibur, there's going to be Tekken, but first off was Mortal Kombat, and that was this past weekend. So they invited 16 players over there. They had a $50,000 prize pot. It was all offline. They said that they did good COVID productions again. Hopefully that was true. And it was fun to watch. Did you guys watch any of it? I actually did. You did. I actually did. I watched a lot of it. Surprisingly. Okay. Oh, cool. Okay. okay. I only uh, saw the grand finals. I just watched the grand finals because uh, it was on, you know, during my bedtime. <laughs> so I woke up only late enough, early enough to catch the grand finals. So. 
I, see. I don't remember. I, I watched it the next day. I don't even remember what. Uh, it was on, grand, like, the grand finals was on around, like, 3 p.m. or 4 p.m. or something like that, so. Well. Somewhere in the afternoon. Okay. Yeah. Um, I watched, as you might imagine, basically all of it. I watched um, not a lot of it live, actually. I just still wasn't around. I had a lot of work, had some family stuff going on, but I did watch it over the next, like, day or so. And yeah, it was fancy again. I mean, it was all different layout than before. Last time was very like Mortal Kombat Dragon Temple theme. Like it was temple-ish looking, I guess you right. would say. And this was a little bit more industrial kind of theme. Well, I mean, I'm guessing that they're not going to do much to change between the games and the season, right? So they probably can't theme it too much for one game because yeah, otherwise they're going to have to tear down and rebuild and tear. So if they're planning to do multiple weekends in a row, I believe that they're probably just going to reuse most of the assets, right? I think my biggest takeaway with the look on everything, like just the, the ambiance and all that, mm. yeah. The screens, the screens above the player's head that also were like the commentator's desk at the same time. Right. Those screens are like $10,000 plus a piece. And like, I, I'm pretty sure you can't, those, they come in pieces. So you have to have a technician come out and put it together because it's too big of a screen to ship all at once. Yeah. So that makes you even more money. And like, it just makes me think about those screens alone are probably a bigger budget than a lot of majors have in the united states oh uh, <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> also also imagine losing and somebody just drops a banner that says defeat above your head because that's exactly what they did every time someone lost like that is the just they're just like throwing pies at the clown like it's just terrible <laughs> man at the beginning when they did the players walking in and they had the whole you know here's here's who's playing here's a little bit of background on them and then they would walk in there and they screwed up for hayate um did you i don't know if you guys saw that part, no no did they call him nikki fgc all the players that would be hilarious actually but no they just <laughs> they like didn't have his picture up behind them or something they had biohazard there before because they're canadian i guess is the connection um <laughs> Anyway, it was really funny that like there was this extremely fancy setup. Everything was great, with the exception of that one screw. And you know, hats off to whoever's running the WePlay Twitter account because as soon as that happened, they ripped on it as well. Which I thought was <laughs> uh, they're not they're not yeah, taking yeah, it too yeah. seriously. That's smart. That's smart. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, the production was swanky again. I don't know about the augmented reality Shiva at the end of things. So did you guys, did no. you guys see that part? <laughs> I, oh, I actually missed it, but we were in group chat, David and. I think one of our other friends is like, well, Sonic Fox just had a shit talk battle with an AR Shiva. And uh, I was like, okay, I'm going to keep doing whatever I was doing because that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, it didn't go super great. There was oh. like a pretty long pause in between when either one of them would talk. And it was just... It was just a little, it was a little too much, a little too much, but anyway, they went too hard this time. <laughs> they went a little too hard, yeah. But I don't know, I guess we'll see what they do for Soul Calibur or what they do for the uh, for Tekken as well. They're probably going to have fancy tricks like that up their sleeves. Um, the, the event was cool. It was a round robin the first couple of days to decide who made top eight. And then there was a day where it was basically like screw around day where people use their second and third characters to try to like have a team tournament that they mm. played in. it was a lot of fun too okay uh, a lot of a lot of interesting character variety in that uh as far as the actual results eg sonic fox won it with the joker also yeah. with jade though 
I mean, uh, was it I, just the Joker? I will say though, you 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 do the gesture like Sonic Fox, but Tekken Master was like two hits away from winning that yeah. tournament in the first set. <laughs> he yeah. was right yeah, there. He, he was literally one round away. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it, it came really down to the final game, up. final round in the first set, and they both had yeah. no life left, and it was just off of the Jack in the Box explosion and conversion yep. into the down two. I think it was that was ridiculous, yeah, so. but. If it wasn't for that, yeah, Tekken Master would be the champion. Yeah, so Tekken Master got second place, and Master Tekken Master was Cetrion, Jade. I feel like he played other characters too, but uh, he had, he had a good list. He won the Dragon Temple last time. I mean, a few mm-hmm. months ago, he was the guy who came out on top. There was no Sonic Fox though. Sonic Fox wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and this I, was. I also don't even want to say he got downloaded hard. I mean, that's a tough thing to come back from, you know, if you're one hit away from winning (laughs) and then you're just like, oh, my God. And then you got to gather yourself again. I think it's a little of column A and a little bit of column B, you know, situation. It's tough to to, 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 mental fatigue kicks in at that point. It's rough. But with Tekken Master almost beating Fox and taking a close second place and having won the Dragon Temple before. He's got a good argument for being top top two-ish, top three-ish maybe in the world oh, right now. yeah. Clearly. Uh, Rewind, UIU Rewind got third. What was super cool, I want to go through this list because it's super cool that some of these players are in here. Fourth was MK Azerbaijan, who's nice. a player from Azerbaijan, a country in the Caucasus. And he named himself MK Azerbaijan because he wanted people to know about the country. Mm. And there, are, I do. I'm aware of situations in which he's been in other countries, and people have been like, "Hey, MK Azerbaijan. So, where are you from? What country are you from?" I don't know. <laughs> Just like not not being aware at all. Uh, so it's mission accomplished, I guess, that he's making people think about the fact that you know there's this country that has a strong scene. According to him, he's not the only he's not the only player there. He says that there are other good. I mean, look as well. to his to to those people's credit. One of the people who plays in my Soul Caliber stream all the time is Florida Man. <laughs> He's definitely not from Florida. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, man. Uh, he played Sonya Rain mostly, and those are two characters that I think a lot of the scene considers like on the lower half, maybe, of the tier list. So that was super awesome. Then Conqueror and Dragon both got fifth. And uh, Dragon was... We'll talk about Dragon in a little bit, but he was definitely upset. Um, he was somebody who also didn't make it to the Dragon Temple. And so it was. I was curious to see how he would do here. Arn Kratos and Foxy Grandpa got seventh place. Uh, Arn Kratos is a player from Russia who, like MK Azerbaijan, but maybe not to the same degree, doesn't get the eyeballs on him that he should get because mm-hmm. he's super, super good. He just nobody's been able to travel. But even when there was travel, he we we knew him. We knew he was good, but he just didn't get that many situations to actually show it off. Right. So super cool for him that he made it up to top eight in this too. Yeah, and you know, it's 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 a frustrating situation because I feel like that this is kind of one of those things. Uh, this is kind of changing topics a little bit, taking changing gears, but like, I feel like this is what leads to most of these fighting games removing zoners at this point. But man, there was a lot of zoner hate for Cetrion in in the grand finals, and it's like you if you watch the game from Tekken Master's viewpoint. It's so stressful trying yes. to keep somebody out, and it's like every wrong read, you lose 40% and all these things, and it's like, God, do you not realize how much work 
it takes to play a zoner in a fighting game and and be that consistent like i Look, wish man, all they're doing is just spamming over and over again okay they're just throwing stuff out they have no idea what they're doing they're just spamming the screen how am i supposed to fight i thought this was a fighting game this isn't <laughs> fighting this is throwing stuff i i quit I yeah. thought this was a game about martial arts, James, not shooty shooty guns guns. What are you talking about out there? I mean, what people have to realize is the whole stage is there for a reason. Different characters are going to take advantage of the stage in different ways, and some characters want to play from a distance, and that's what makes it cool. Oh, gosh, it's so... But seriously, there is a tremendous amount of anti-zoner yeah. feelings among the NRS like stream viewership. Not among... The like competitive player base, really. I mean, not that I'm, not that I've really right, seen. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But when it comes to MK viewership, there's a lot of casuals in there who just really like Mortal Kombat, but they aren't as into like the competitive side, and they're watching and they're just like hoping to see their character or they're hoping to see players go boom boom against each other a lot, and that's it wasn't it wasn't the grand finals certainly my favorite match in this entire top eight actually maybe the grand finals because it was so close that first set but dragon versus tekken master or it was actually <laughs> a mirror match of cetrions was to me like the apex right. of basing and exact exact little spots on screen and and movement because she has good movement and interesting mix-ups i really really like that one but so definitely the chat was unhappy during here's that my advice Someone in the chat says that from a viewer perspective, zoning ain't fun to watch. And I understand that. But I that's But see, here's the thing. The reason why zoning is not fun to watch is because the people who don't think zoning is fun to watch hate zoners. So when you watch the game, by default, you are already putting yourself in the mindset of the person trying to break the zoning. So you're already seeing the zoning as annoying and frustrating. Next time you watch a match with a zoner, put yourself in the mindset of the zoner and think to yourself, I would do this move and then watch Sonic Fox dash forward and you were completely wrong and you would have lost now 60% of your life because Joker just destroys you, right? Put yourself in the mindset of the zoner and try to see how hard it is to keep somebody out. And that's the thing. Like, if you play as like I said, I played Harlequin in uh, Injustice Two, and there are some matches where it was just like, yeah, you're gonna jump. Here comes the little cupcakes and everything, and you know whatever. And it was great. Then there were some matches I couldn't keep anybody out to save my life. Right? It's like when the person gets frustrated, it's so easy to zone them. It's so easy to zone them. But as soon as you fight someone who knows what they're doing and understands zoners, oh God, it is terrifying. Like as a zoner, you live your life in constant fear. That's just basically yes. what it is, right? So yes, oh, the, the, qu the quest stands at the edge of a knife, stray but a little and it will fail. That's how it is constantly for zoners, mm -hmm. which is why they're so cool, IMO. But I don't expect to convince too many people of that fact. And it's, <laughs> at this, we've talked about this before, but it's just a fact like everywhere that people aren't into zoning as much. Yeah. In all it times, is, it is. in every game, in every country, <sighs> that holds true. And bummer, because I really like it, but, but this that's is the, how it be. It's the frustrating thing because NRS, I feel like sometimes is the last bastion of zoning. You know, and even in MK11, 
it's not like any of their of the, in, the Injustice games where they have some brutal zoners in that game. And, you know, I feel like that's a reflection of what the audience has been saying. And now I just feel like if they go to Injustice 3 or MK12 or whatever, we're basically going to see the death of zoning in NRS games. And that would make me really sad. So That would make me really sad, too. Agreed with you. I would feel indifferent. How dare you? <laughs> sorry, sorry to be a bum. I don't, I don't play Mortal Kombat. So. How dare you? Uh, I would be definitely be bummed out. Uh, I've, I Grandpa was not made with RoboCop. RoboCop was shooting guns in there. It was awesome. And guess what? He lost because it's it's not easy to do. <laughs> uh, anyway, I, I thought the top eight was really cool. I mean, even before that, the two groups were so super stacked. And like I said, for Azerbaijan and for Arn Kratos to get out of those pools was mm. really, really big for them and their scenes. And, and hopefully we'll lead to more. Azerbaijan mentioned that he can't play in some of the pro tour events because um, his country is not considered like in the in the region in it's not right. eligible for it, uh, even though like geographically they're very close to Russia. So I don't know. It would be nice if they were able to play, but I guess we'll see how things go on that front. What's that clip that Dragon actually tweeted out where uh, Dizzy needed to win for Azerbaijan to make it out of the of, of the the pool or something like that? Right. And Dizzy was winning, and Azerbaijan is just like getting super hype <laughs> in the background. Yeah. It was just like super cool to see. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, I also thought that it was cool, although I mean sad but cool to see dragon's response to to losing um he mentioned that he puts in like eight to ten hours a day mm -hmm. of training in advance of this a lot of time he broke it down i don't remember what it was but it was like six hours playing two hours training mode two hours something else uh, and and so he put in a ton of time yeah and and he kind of teared up after that and I hadn't seen that from him before. I mean, I, I know that he's obviously very competitive, but I hadn't seen that before. And then he had a tweet that he put out later that said, the amount of mental fortitude you have to have to compete, win, lose, and be a recognized figure in the scene with all the amounts of comments you will get is incredibly difficult. An immense amount of inner strength is needed to be able to do this, and not many understand it. Mm -hmm. Especially if all he does is sit there and see people yelling at a Cetrion and being like, this takes no skill, you right. suck, kind of thing, you know? Like, that's not easy to do, man. And, and you know, content create. I mean, it's 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 one of those, like, things where a lot of people out there go, wow, you're famous, you know, you're an influencer, too. Oh, poor you. But, I mean, dude, we're all humans, dude. <laughs> Yeah. Death and by a thousand in, paper like, cuts. Sure. And he puts in the time. It's it's not like he's half assing it. I mean he's he's that's a work schedule to do like ten yeah. hours a day. It's like that's a job. Um yeah. so it, not easy, I'm sure. I I stopped competing before the stakes were like the stakes are now. Fifty thousand dollar prize pool here. And I remember how I felt when I was trying to actually be good in the amount of time that I was Dude. putting in and, and winning fifty bucks at a, I, you know for first place or whatever it was. I'm playing Soul Caliber casuals on my stream yesterday and there was one match, like I was getting so frustrated because I was so close to beating people, but I couldn't ever clutch it out. And in one set that I finally clutched it out, people on my chat were like you sound so stressed out even though you're winning. <laughs> like, and this is just a casual match, right? This isn't even tournaments. And the whole time I'm just like, oh God, I just, oh, oh, you know. 
for a while they had their uh, BPM, their heart rate. Oh, that's right. Was up there. And they ended up taking that off. I don't really know why, but dude, some of those were up there. Some of those were in the 170s, was, 180s briefly. Hey, man, like, like in all seriousness, probably shouldn't do that, man. There might be some people with health conditions and such, and if yeah. it shows their BPM a certain way, you could give that away. So that's probably why they took that down. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I kind of had some some similar concerns just for privacy. Um, yeah, exactly. Okay. It's like at, from, from a viewer perspective, yeah, on, on the one hand, like it's interesting to, to note when their heart rate goes up and down. What are the like moments and decisions where that happens? But also, like I know that they're stressed. Like, I know that. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I can I can see them. Uh, I've competed, although obviously again not in fifty thousand dollar tournament conditions. But like I can guess. And so yeah. when they took it off, I wasn't annoyed by that. I thought yeah. that was totally fine. But uh, one thing, anyway, I, interesting idea. One thing I will say in re in response to what you said about Dragon, though. My advice, honestly, to Dragon is would probably to figure out a way to lower the hours a little bit because I, I, there is a limit to how much you can learn in a day, I think. And so, you know, while he does put in that much time uh, taking care of yourself, but I mean, he's he talked a lot about the meditation and stuff like that as well. So I think he does do a good job taking care of himself, but I don't know if 10 hours a day yeah. is necessary. Uh, I also don't think that's his regular schedule. I think this is like specifically in advance of. Yeah. Uh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Just for big events. Not gotcha, big events. gotcha. Okay, makes sense. Oh, Foxy's in here. He says that your your heart rate's normally one fourteen, but you downed a Red Bull before going on, <laughs> on stage. It's just going to be artificially inflated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Red Bull gives you wings. He has two forty coming in hot. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna answer everything. Send <laughs> to the doctor. Yeah, um, maybe that's anyway, what I need to do. But when I play Street Fighter Five, down some Red Bulls, and maybe I will anti-air things. You know, Jesus. I'm uh, not sure it's actually gonna make it better. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I mean the G fuel. I have G fuel in my the house. G fuel, yeah, of the course. G fuel, of oh course. yeah, of course that all works. <laughs> Look, it was it was cool. I had a lot of fun watching it, in a lot of the different ways that we just talked about. Uh, I also really like that there were some character picks that I think were like off meta that people didn't quite expect. Like I said, Sonya and Rain and Robocop. And that, was, that was, it was just really cool. I really enjoyed watching the event. Um, good job to everybody involved on that front. Dude, also, that's, a, that's a great question from Hansel Gonzo. When FGC players are going to contract live live-in coaches like in chess. Like, I mean, we talked about Hungrybox. When he won Evo, it was largely due to one of his best friend being a, a kind of like a coach for him constantly. I've talked about players like Shady K, like Flo. Like Flo would be like one of the greatest living coaches because he'd be good at any game you'd want to play. <laughs> and he would be able to... Unless it's Marvel 3. Damn. Damn. So how about that one X bet controversy? What's going correct, on? With that correct, correct. Let's talk about that one. Yeah. Um, well, so that was a sponsor that showed up on the stream on WePlay's stream, and when it happened, uh, I didn't know what it was. I didn't really think about it actually. I saw the words on there, but I didn't really think about it. And then some other people started talking on Twitter and the like about what this sponsor was. And I started seeing tweets. I started getting DMs. Started seeing things in group chats that were about what 1xbet is. So it's a betting service, obviously, as the name implies, and that's what they wanted you to use it for. But it's not available in a ton of countries. Not the US, not the EU, 
not the UK, not actually even Ukraine, where this was taking place. Um, so that's all pretty weird. And upon looking into it, it has really, really big legal problems. Um, yeah. the, the alleged founders may be criminals wanted internationally and uh, at home, whether they're from Russia, they live in oh, Cyprus now. Um, that's real shady. And uh, they have sponsored some other stuff in the past, but that's all kind of gone by. Some of it's gone by the wayside. They're still sponsoring ESL and some other stuff, but others um, dropped them after this kind of came to light. Uh, right. And the fact that it is it is banned slash doesn't have a license in a lot of different places. Uh, there are reviews that you can read online about it mm -hmm. of it basically taking people's money, people who are trying to bet on it, and it didn't, you know, whatever thing happened and they didn't get their money back or the bets didn't actually pay out or whatever it was. Uh, so this is a real shady sponsor. And for it to be involved with WePlay, it sucks. I mean, look, WePlay is putting in a bunch of money into this stuff. Oh, the streams you mentioned are just an absurd cost, I would think. But, <laughs> yes. like, in general, these are... Dragon Temple was a million dollars. I mean, was it $800,000? Like, it was a lot, a lot, a lot. And this was a lot. And Soul Calibur that they're going to do next week and Tekken, it's a lot. They're obviously putting in a lot of money. So I imagine that they're looking for people who will give them money. And maybe that leads them to to something like one X bet, but it just is it's just a bad thing to be involved, right? I mean, I, I'm not necessarily even opposed to having a betting sponsor. I don't know that that's the best idea, but like I'm not I'm like morally opposed to that. It's specifically that this is a banned or illegal service that's founded by alleged criminals um, <laughs> that makes me not want to be involved with it. I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, it's scary whenever money comes in and you gotta wonder where that money is coming from. And it's, I mean, oh boy, I, it's not a good I, look. It's not a good look, uh, to be honest with you. And, you know, it's just, it's one of those things that we have to be careful. I mean, as long as the players are getting paid out, I mean, at least that's kind of nice. But is that blood money that we're taking you know like is this is this uh illegal money that we're earning from them and it's always a hard thing and and you know it's always been one of the reasons why i've always been amazed at you know how big evo got how big combo breaker ceo teaming up with you know uh you know nx nwj god, god i don't even know what the wrestling new japan pro wrestling new japan nj PW, yes, thank you. You know, teaming up with them and stuff like that. You know, we've done it through grassroots means, and that's always been impressive to me. And every time something comes in and throws a bunch of money in like this, it's it's it is scary. And you know, I thought we play. You know, was hopeful. I mean, I don't think we play is funded by this, but having a sponsor that's like that, I think, is kind of uh, is kind of um, yeah. <laughs> not good uh i'll just say that i hope they're being careful and i'm very sick and tired of shady companies coming into the fgc like yeah. now I, I i had never heard of we play before they did the dragon temple mm -hmm. now they have a shady sponsor like all my 
FGC trauma with, you know, sponsors coming in and offering the world and then, oops, sorry, we don't have anything to give you. Okay, bye. It was fun. Like, it, it's yeah. happened over and over again, and I really hope it's not happening again. That's how I feel. When we play first announced that it was going to do the Dragon Temple, um, you know, I've been writing a monthly article for them as well. And when they asked me to do that, um, I looked into them. You know, I mean, I'm no investigative journalist, but like I asked friends of mine who are more esportsy and are familiar with them, like, has We Play ever like not paid out? Is there, you know, are you aware of like them screwing with players, teams, brackets? Like, are you, have they done anything like this? And they didn't, they weren't aware of that stuff. They had been doing things in, I think, Dota and something else mm -hmm. um, for, for years at this point. So that was encouraging to me. You know, and that's part of why I was willing to write for them and like happy to see them in the FGC. Um, I, I obviously I don't know like what the relationship is between One Expert and WePlay. Right. I guess I I guess I doubt that. Yeah, that it would be like a direct one rather than just like an a. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. I mean, sponsorship who knows, because maybe... we play has been around and one X bet has been around and now they're finally working together rather than like, right. right. And who knows? Maybe, the start, so. maybe I don't know. we play didn't do the research <laughs> themselves. You know, I don't know who knows. I don't know about that. <laughs> it seems so likely yeah. to me. I, mean, I feel like they did some research and said, how much money are you going to give us? Yeah. We'll take it. Yeah. <sighs> so, I mean, that's, that part's a bummer and it definitely is. It's a it's a stain on on what would otherwise be I think a really good event and something I'm really happy to have in the FGC and happy to see players and commentators get paid out from it and and happy to watch a good show. It's a good platform for people. I mean, Soul Calibur coming up this weekend. Just this is a new thing for them, right? I mean, Mortal Kombat has had big, extremely high payout events. Right. Caliber hasn't really had that kind of stuff, and there are players who have been doing Soul Calibur for 20 years who are going to be at this event as players or commentators, right. and that's huge for them. And it would be a real big bummer if that was taken away. But also, like, if the money is coming from some illegal gambling scam, then, I mean, <laughs> I don't know that anybody would want to take it. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, you know, we have a right, I guess, to be cautious, because as Tubo mentioned, you know, the FGC has been kind of screwed over by these things over and over again. I've heard stories of companies seeing the FGC as a cheap way to get into esports, you know, because we are so poverty and everything. Like, oh, we can get into esports by going through the FGC and starting there first, you know. And, you know, and they're probably right. It probably kind of is a cheap way to get in there, but it feels, you know, like they're not in it for the FGC, you know what I mean? And so we always have to be kind of careful uh, in these situations. So, you know, it's it's hard. And I know some people in the chat are saying it makes the FGC look bad or whatever like that. But I think us being more cautious about it actually makes us look good. So, <laughs> And it's not like the FGC is categorically hesitant to work with big companies. I mean, we right. all thought it was cool that we played did the first event. It was not until there was some real shady sponsor that any of us is like, what's mm -hmm. going on here, right? right. Um, well, I mean, I, like I said, I looked into them, but I was I was welcoming, it was cool. And and for other big companies, Red Bull, um, I'm sure I can think of something else, DreamHack, you know, there's there's right. plenty of, 
other big ones that like I'm cool with having. I think that that's great. Yeah, I think uh, again. The thing is, FGC is not anti-e-sports. We're anti-e-sports, you know, e-sports, you know, that kind of thing. We we would like the big productions. We would like the big companies and everything like that. But we just don't want to build it off of, you know, false money. We don't want to build it off of venture capitalists. We don't want to build, you know, these are the kind of things we want to be able to produce things our way with our personality we have such a unique base of players, commentators, and everything. <coughs> and esports, you know, while it has been getting a lot better, uh, you know, in the past few years, there's still kind of like this, I don't know, this kind of association with it. Maybe it's just me. And I feel like FGC is a lot more raw, and I just kind of like to keep it that way as much as possible. So, yeah, no more AR shit talk battles. <laughs> Keep that. We don't. We don't want it. <laughs> uh, but some of their their AR stuff's pretty sick, though. I don't want to get rid of yeah, all that. Yeah, but but not not that. Okay. <laughs> that, was, that was a good experiment. Let's never do it again. <laughs> right. I saw somebody talking about it as if it was like a real life Shiva. Somebody had dressed up in cosplay. <laughs> I just. I don't know. I thought that was very funny that somebody could believe that. Um, anyway, all right. Anything else to say about this? Uh, nope. nope. Let's move on. Okie doke. Uh, there's going to be, like we said, uh, another one this coming weekend for Soul Calibur, but we'll talk about that later. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Let's talk about the game news that has happened. Right up at the top, Melty Blood, a brand new Melty Blood game. Oh, boy. Announced in 2021. Coming out, a uh, Melty Blood type Lumina. Coming out for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and the Nintendo Switch. At least 10 characters at launch, which will not be including Scion, apparently, because uh, she's the main character previously, but this game takes place before the events of the previous ones. Mm -hmm. I'll have you know. Um, they've already shown four characters off. Um, there's a trailer that came out that's very cool. It's it's just very... It's nice to see that game in kind of like widescreen, high-def format. Mm, like the sprites yeah, look nice. Right. Yeah. The, the, game, the game looks good. It, it, I think that's great. Most importantly, I mean, most importantly, importantly, it will have rollback netcode. It will actually be able to be played online on the internet. You know what's really dope is they announced the game and rollback in the same day that they announced the game. What <laughs> a novel concept. Other companies that have also recently announced games that left everybody hanging not knowing if there was rollback and then <laughs> made a really weird tweet about it, basically yelling at people. That's cool. Good job, Melty Blood people. That's awesome. <laughs> Look, you made I, the right choice. I think this is super cool. I'm really excited. I know there's a lot of Melty Blood fans out there. I'm not a Melty sure. Blood person, but again, the idea that the French bread guy who tried out rollback netcode live on a stream and was like, I really like rollback netcode. I think I want to use rollback netcode in future games. And so now this gets me excited because obviously I am a big Undernight in Birth fan. <laughs> and this is the same company. Does this mean we can get a Uniclair Plus or something like that that may add rollback netcode? <laughs> 
to Uniclare because it is a sprite-based game, so it's going to be easier to put in the rollback netcode. I don't know. For me, it's just adding onto the pile of the wave of rollback netcode in Japan, and it's super exciting. And if this one also, if Melty Blood comes out and Japan's like, holy crap, this is amazing, that just puts more pressure on the big companies. And for me, this is nothing but... Good news, good sign. Like I said, I'm not even a Melty Blood player, but I'm like super happy for the community. I'm super happy for what yeah, cool. this portends. Yeah, it's really Absolutely. cool for for all the Melty fans to have a new game with good netcode and everything. And now they don't have to play the... Well, I mean, I guess they probably still could play the old version, but they'll have a new version to play. It's really dope. Uh, but as far as Uni getting rollback, I'm pretty sure they basically said that's not happening. They said they looked into it and it was just too much to, well, to bother. Well, that's so. what I mean. The, a new version, like an update, like no, Uni-type no. Lumina. James, <laughs> James, you sound worse than the Marvel subreddit players. <laughs> every other day post, what if a new game comes out? Let me ain't hope, happening. man. Ain't happening, bro. Give it to ain't me. Happening. Let me ho have this hope. No way. <sighs> well, I think it's very interesting that it's announced specifically for the PlayStation 4 the Xbox One, and the Nintendo Switch. It's actually not coming out on the fancy new consoles. I guess you could play them on PlayStation 5, right? Because you can. But it's not coming out for the fancy ones only. I mean, that's that's great. Like That means that as fighting game players, we don't have to move on yet. We can still continue <laughs> to coast on the consoles that we've had for years. We don't have to move on yet. I'm happy about that. I mean, I'm mostly going to play stuff on PC when it comes out anyways on PC, so... I don't think this is announced for PC. It's not well, I'm not going to play Melty Blood, but I'm saying for me, <laughs> I, <laughs> I mostly play fighting games on PC, so, you know, I, I don't... Consoles, whatever to me. I mean, I have my base PS4 sitting there if I ever need it. Yeah. Yeah, I got mine there as well. I have an old-school first-gen yeah, first PS4 that has managed to survive. Yeah, I don't know how mine is... I have stickers all over. It looks cool. I'm like, me too. Me too. I, I do the same thing. Mine's covered in stickers. <laughs> all right. What the hell? <laughs> Is this a thing? You gotta put stickers. You gotta put, yeah, I get like all my FGC stickers and throw so them on. I there. got a Broken Tear sticker on there. I got an ECT sticker on there. I got an Electronic Frontier Foundation sticker on there. I have the I Voted sticker on there. I got, you know, I, got Dude, some stuff. I, have, I have embraced death on my PlayStation twice. I have Jeremy Vicious on my sticker or a sticker. I have a Coach Steve sticker. I have some other stuff that has like Disney characters that say things like set play and whatnot underneath them. That's cool. That's weird. Yeah. I just, I'm so obsessed with trying to keep my consoles in pristine condition. I think I couldn't put a sticker on it and feel comfortable. Yeah, but you're a pet <laughs> owner. There's no way they're in pristine condition. There's fur all up in those ducks. Oh, yeah, yeah, but that's different, right? I mean, that's, you can open it up and clean it out. Like, once you put a sticker on a console, like, I don't you know. Just what... on it, baby, if you care that much, you know. <laughs> I, I used to be the same way when I was younger, actually. I didn't do but now that I'm older and I buy my own stuff, I know mm -hmm. that I hate money anyway, so I just treat my stuff however I want to. That's how I, I actually that's... that's what made me more protective of my stuff is because I'm buying it myself. <laughs> Alright. Mm. Alright. 
Hey, in King of Fighters 15, Yashiro Nanakase is in the video game. Did you see the trailer? What do you think? Uh, this is exciting, and I know a lot of KOF fans are super happy about this. So in case people don't understand, uh, KOF follows the lore very closely. There was the Oro Orochi saga, the, the Kill Clones Nest saga, and then the Ash saga. Well, Yashiro, Chris, and Shermi were all part of the Orochi saga, which ended in 97. And uh, CYS, I think they all died <laughs> in 97. So they were in 98, which is a dream match. They were in 2002, which was a dream match. But outside of those games, they have not been playable in a KOF since then, in a mainline KOF game uh, since then. So the fact that they're returning, and they kind of hinted at that in the ending of 14, that uh, some time thing or spirits of trapped in verse, and when verse died, the people who have died, their spirits are released, and so they've been resurrected because Vice and Mature were in the game, etc., etc. Um, this is the first time, you know, CYS, if they do announce Chris and Shermie, which they probably will, uh, have been playable mainline KOF in a long time. Like 15 years, I think, some it said, or something like that. And I mean, 15 years is even from 2002 Dream Match. That's like 15 years since the last time they were even playable in a Dream Match game. And so there's been a lot of, and of course, 98 is a huge game, one of the most popular. So bringing these characters back is a big deal. And so Yashiro, they even teased with a little silhouette that looked like Ryo. And they announced Yuri and they're like, here comes Ryo. And then it was Yashiro instead. And so it blew a lot of people's minds. Saint Cola even said that if it wasn't Ryo and it turned out to be Yashiro, that he would eat his own ass. I don't think that has happened yet. You have to get on Saint Cola. Yeah, we need Saint Cola to, to 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 you know come. What a coward! If you, come, if you don't follow through on eating your own ass, you're just a coward. <laughs> but the fact that uh, Yashiro is there was a very big deal for a lot of KOF fans, and he looks fantastic. And you know, he's a character that's never had a 3D model. He's ne he wasn't in 14, so he's all brand new. And his animations actually are really nice too. Like even when he does the little punchy punchy super that you see in the trailer, every punch yeah. is a different animation. Like he's not actually repeating the same punch over and over again. So it's actually really cool, and I I thought it was really nice looking. By far, the best-looking character they've shown so far. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. By far, the best animated and coolest-looking character. It's like not even close to me. Like I feel like he is almost from a different game. Yeah. How, I, how I personally still think that Terry looks the best, but I do think oh. that it's I do think it's those two. I think it's those two. Yeah. For sure. I, thought, I I I think the special effects on Terry's specials are like hideous. So oh. <laughs> okay, anything cool enough. that he did just fair enough. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the nice thing about it is you can probably see how it's going, right? Like I said, Yashiro is the is a brand new character, not from 14. All the characters that we've seen so far, except for Chizuru, who actually look pretty good. I mean, she's not going to be dynamic because that's just her fighting style. But, like, all the characters so far have been returned and they're kind of reusing the animations from the previous game. So they're probably spending a lot of time on the new characters, obviously. And so that's why I think Yashiro looks really, really cool. Uh, honestly, I think she looks really cool.
All right. Uh, he looks really cool. Sorry, I was reading the comment about my, and then I said she, he, he looks really cool. <laughs> Whatever. It's all good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, all right. Strive News. What happened with Strive? News. Yeah, kind of, maybe. So on the Arxis website, they have a new uh, an updated pre-order guide. That pre-order guide lists among the sort of spreadsheet if you get this version of the game, here are the things you get. If you get this version of the game, here are the things you get. Well, one of the things that you get is, uh, let's see. Early access, right? Er wow, actually, since I looked at this site, they have updated this. Really? <laughs> Dude, this is hilarious. So I was going to talk about how it said early access to open beta test, because it did say that. But now that actually has a strike through. <laughs> And it says, this bonus is already finished. So I was about to talk about how maybe there's going to be a new beta. Could be. But that has actually changed in the last, literally, just a couple hours since I put this together. <laughs> oh, no. All right. <laughs> so they're basically Never saying mind. they're saying that that early beta was the one that we already yeah, got yeah, to, yeah. right? Okay. Uh, something to point out on that, though, on the original version, it did show... Yo. Uh, previously, if the game had launched when it was supposed to, uh, you didn't get as much of a bonus for pre-ordering. You didn't get, like, the early access wasn't full early access. There wasn't going to be on the or anything like that. Now, if you, you know, the game comes out June 11th, um, you get the early access on June 8th, and it actually has full everything. The whole game is unlocked, online play and everything. Yeah. So that is a, a bit of an upgrade, I guess, but also not really because the game was delayed for two, two months. Right. So... Yay! <laughs> early, access. early access. All right. Well, there you go. That ended up uh, being a bummer. It turns out. But, all right. But don't worry, because we have Street Fighter Five Spring update. Tell us about that, David. You got it, Bucko. <laughs> it's gonna happen on Tuesday, April sixth. There's gonna be another stream in the same way that there was for the winter update a couple of months ago. That will be Tuesday, April sixth at three p.m. Pacific time. This is gonna have updates on season five, on Rose on Oro, and more, whatever that's going to mean. A partnership or collaboration or something was mentioned, right? Yes, yes, that's right. There will be special guests as well as the director, Takayuki Nakayama, and producer, Shuhei Matsumoto, will be there like they were last time. They're going to be talking about, um, well, okay, I should say the, the uh, what did they call it? The Whatever the plan was that they announced. Um, Rose is supposed to come out in spring 2021, which is now. It's currently spring 2021. Along with a new stage and, quote, professional costumes. Whatever that means. <laughs> so this is going to be next week again. There was also an interesting interview with Nakayama on Inven Global. Uh, it was about how they choose characters and how they approached Dan and Rose. And he oh, talked yeah. a bit about how... They, in designing those characters, they went more Alpha style rather than Street Fighter Four style. That was their more of their influence, um, and and they really wanted to have Rose be. I'm looking for the quote here. Um, let's see. Well, whatever. They just want to make <laughs> Rose look fancy and okay. and different so she's a little bit less maybe mobile and a little bit more like refined looking and how she fights mm. which is part of why she does not have soul throw so they're just interesting we're talking about how they went around 
figuring stuff out. Right. And how they how they made Oro work, because he has a turtle rather than just having one hand that's out right. of his bag. Like, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. It was a cool right. thing. I recommend checking right. it out. Okay. Also- Talk to me, though, about what you guys are looking for. What do you want to see in this update? Slash, what do you expect to see in this update? I'm I'm looking forward to the new mechanic that they're going to unveil okay. called V-Control, right? And then the next one will be V-Alt, and then the next one will be V-Tab. So, you know, I think that's uh, that'll be exciting to see. No, I'm kidding. What about the Alt-Tab out of this? next um but uh no i mean i'm excited i mean if there's even any hint like even if we get like a single animation like we did for oro last time for for akira i'm gonna be really excited i'm gonna be really excited for that because that's a character i'm really really looking forward to i just really want to see how they're gonna try to incorporate like her v skill had better be a launch into an air combo and then like her super had better have like her teammates come in and blow people up and stuff Uh, i'm I'm really excited for that character and see how they would incorporate some rival schoolsy stuff well, I don't know that we're going to see that part of it, but... Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm expecting any of that. I'm yeah. That's why I said, if I get even just a glance, one animation, right, like, okay. for Oro, I'm going to be happy. I yeah, I expect to see a lot more Rows. They'll probably show off some more of the motion capture stuff that right. they were showing off. Oh, that's before. right. Yeah, yeah. That was cool. Um, hopefully a full breakdown on Oro. Kind of like how we got Rows last time. Hopefully yeah. we get a Oro this time. Right. Uh, that would be really dope. And then I'm sure they're going to keep teasing who the last character is. Like they've, you know, they kind of played around with 11 and then <laughs> right. now there's That's now right. there's a collaboration, which probably doesn't have anything to do with the last character. It's probably like actually like a Steve Aoki type collaboration right. again. So I, yeah, I, I expect us, them to keep trolling us until they're ready to, to reveal that, but... Yeah, I, 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 I hope for more of the same. I hope for more of the same from last time. They're, they're doing great. Capcom's been killing it. I totally agree. If it's just like it was last time, I'll be very happy. <laughs> I was really happy with it last time. Yeah, I mean, it's been a couple months, and they've had some time to work on Rose. I don't know when the footage that they used last time for her was even taken. It made, right. Maybe it was a while before that, right? So, yeah I, mean, yeah, I would expect to see some of her, and then a little bit more of Oro, and... I don't expect to see the last character, certainly, but yeah, maybe maybe we'll get a screenshot of Akira or something. Yeah, because yeah, I'm also concerned as well because Rose, even in the footage that Capcom's been using in all their social media, the lighting on her still seems a little weird, and I feel like the animation still doesn't seem like it's getting a, like more smoothed out like we were hoping it would be from the first one. So I'm really excited to see Rose in this and see how much has changed because if it's changed and you can see a drastic difference and the lighting all of a sudden looks better and her animations are better, that sets us up for, oh, if Oro looks kind of stiff, then we understand where that's going, mm. etc. And again, I would love to see that because if they're willing to show characters in a uncompleted state and then you know they get fleshed out through time i think that's an awesome way to present stuff to give us information so we don't have to sit here and only wait for pure amazing like here look at this beautiful like they can give us tidbits as as they go sure sounds right all right well 
think that's all I have for game news. Someone, I mean, if someone asks who do you guys think the last character will be. I'm just curious. Do you guys have any? Still say? Do you think it's do you think it's going to be a guest character? I'll just simplify it to that much. Do you think Street Fighter Five Street Fighter is finally going to put a guest character in there, or do you think it's just going to be another Street Fighter character? Street Fighter character. I think it's a guest character, but if it's not, then it's a Street Fighter character that was like play like a Street Fighter One type character, mm. like Gekki or you know something like that. Maybe like Hagger because he's never been in Street Fighter before. No Hagger. No Hagger. Something like that, but yeah, I I do think it's a guest character. I have no idea from what series. I I, I kind of hope in like the back of my my brain. Uh, so I don't think another Marvel versus Capcom game is ever coming. But I do hope that Capcom makes an All Star game. Yeah. So I'm hoping that it's a guest character that leads into something like that, maybe or like opens up uh, the thoughts of a cap like an all Capcom versus Dang. game. Because I think that would be one of the sickest games they could make because they'd have no limitations. They'd be able to do whatever yeah. they want. <laughs> um, but other than that, yeah, like, I, I have no clue where the character is going to be from. I just think it, I, I don't I don't think they'd be so hidden about it if it wasn't like a big reveal. You know, that's all. <laughs> Maybe they don't know. No, <laughs> Maybe they're it's still trying want. to pick a character. <clears throat> it's going to be 12. God, if it's twelve, I'll be so mad. Did you guys mic break? I couldn't. I couldn't hear a response to that. I said it's gonna be twelve. <laughs> I was said. I said. Oh God, I hope not, man. I'll be so mad. I'll be so mad if it was twelve. What if? What if the eleven turned into twelve? <laughs> then I would. That would be eight, awesome. Then I would eighty-six you know out of you there. You know what's funnier than twelve? Thirteen. I'm I'm on board. What if 13 is like extra good, even better than 12 was? But what about 14? Oh yeah, oof, that would be amazing. 14 is even better than 13. I, you can't go any higher than that. Did you say 15? Wow, you no no. Look, they just okay. they just need to make the character. That's the, that's the max. You can't go higher than 15. no 69. That's what they just have to do. They just have to have 69 the character or 420 the character, and that will be the or, end of it at that point. Both, and maybe a fusion dance becomes 69 420 yellow blazer. <laughs> Guys. You All right, it. let's bring on Brian. Wait, does it. Brian F actually Brian have F. a sixty-nine emote? <laughs> and that oh, was like work. the perfect segue ever. I think that nice actually work. worked out. Totally super not planned. Well. Not planned even a little bit. No, not at all. Oh my god, minus four. <laughs> oh, wow, man. nice. Okay. All right. Quick um, kind of draw there. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. And when we come back, we will be bringing on Mr. Brian F. to the stream and uh, talk to him all about uh, what he's been up to in the FGC recently. So let's do that. Be right back, guys. David, stay with me here. 16. What? No. No. Can it go that high? I, I, it could. Where's Brian? Mr. Brian F., can you get in the show calls chat, please? He needs to do that, and I need to get his link over here. I'm going to grab some water. I'll be right back. 
hello, hello. Hello! What was that? Let me change my output audio device. I don't hear you guys one second. Hello! Hello! Hello, there we go. Loud All and clear. Right. Oh, sweet. And I can, I've upped your volume. I can hear you loud and clear. Let's do this. Good, good. How's it going? It's going very good. How are you guys doing? Good. How was work? Uh, uneventful, which is a great work day. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> That's usually a sign of a good work day. Uneventful. Tell them I'm on stream. Oh, yeah, I am on my stream. So I don't Indeed. know if you guys have your audio on your stream. So no yeah, leaks all of the, the super audio is on on all the streams. Let's see here. Uh, I don't see anything on your camera right now. Uh-oh. I gave you the link. So Oh, oh I think I'm using the wrong one. Let me, let me put the other link in here. Let me put the other link in here. I grabbed the first yeah. one. You put a second one in yeah. there. So... I might have put a third. I didn't. I didn't really get the concept of this thing until a few tries in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's weird. I mean, the advantage of it, honestly, is that because you turn the camera view into a URL, you're not directly capturing anything on your desktop. There's nothing you can move in front of everything. You don't have to worry about Discord moving the cameras into different spots on the screen and everything like that. Right, because it's a browser plugin, so you actually put it into OBS directly. And yeah, you put it as a web page. Uh, source. Yeah, exactly. That's nice. that's the advantage of it right there. So just as a right. as a way to explain it, uh, it was um, it was uh, uh, who was it that taught that told me about this thing? Shoot. Oh, I can't even remember now who told me about this. Yeah, audio is always supposed to be on at this time. Everybody can hear us, so... Gotcha. Oh, it was the Purple Sharpie who told me about OBS Ninja. That's right. That's right. Oh, nice. Yeah, she's the one who taught me about this. She thing, got the so. tech. Yeah. You're looking positively Sejam there right now, so... <laughs> lean into the memes too much yeah. i've been trying to downplay it not respond to them but they keep coming back <laughs> yeah that's why i said it now instead of during the actual interview because i'm not going to do that to you during the actual interview uh, right just in the live stream portion on both of our streams currently <laughs> right I appreciate oh, that <laughs> Oh, that's the worst, dude. I mean, it's like when everybody always posts links to Asian people and they're like, Dude, James, I think you look just like this guy. And I look at it and I'm like, this guy looks nothing like me. Holy crap, right. David Turner. All right, I'm back. David. Did you, did you guys start without me? No. This is the oh, preview screen. I saw the timer running and I sat down. I was like, did they really just, what? But no, it's not the case. I had to call. I had to take care of a cat who was uh, very insistent that somebody listen to him. Whoa! I oh, see there a he is. tail. I see a tail. Uh, That's that my one. boy. His his name is Cat. Hey, what's up, Cat? Being a we're cat, now, huh? We're still on break, right? Yes, yeah, we're but let's still start. On break. Okay, no, no, hold on. Give me one second. One. All right. Welcome back All to right. the Tuesday. Welcome back. I'm ready. Okay.
All right, welcome. <laughs> what uh, just happened? Uh, what? Well, David's we were, fine. We were all just talking about how we were all. Here's what back. happened. Here's what happened. So Ajax <laughs> really, really wanted to be held and loved like we had never paid attention to him in his entire little kitty cat life. Of course. And so I went to go get him. And I picked him up and I brought him right here. I sat him right here. And then he started making such a big fuss. Like, he hates that everybody keeps holding him all the time. And why won't anybody just leave him alone for <laughs> one second? So I kicked him out of the room. That reminds me, so reminds me of the cat. comment that uh, someone said to me once. That it's amazing that in the history of the world, no pet cat has ever been fed. <laughs> no, they're all upset about it at all times. You guys can't see the cat because the cat's out of here, but he knows how to open doors, so we'll see what happens on that front. All right. We're going to move on now to the interview with Brian F. We have a special guest, Brian F. on. What's up, Yay! man? Hey, I am relaxing. I know. Oh, you you like you like it? I, yeah. I, I kind of tried. Uh, I got clippers these days. I haven't. I've never owned a pair of clippers, so I noticed they came with these things where you can adjust the setting. So yeah. I, I I attempted grooming for the first time with facial hair. Normally it's all or nothing, but I used one of those uh, clippers with a three millimeter setting to shave down the uh, the terrible beard I have going. But if all you right. do this length, it fools you to thinking I actually have some suitable facial hair. And then the mustache comes in. I think I think it's working pretty well. Tricks you got you got like a reverse me situation because I do have a mustache mm. here, but it's blonde and really thin, and you kind of can't tell. It almost looks like I have like a like a just shaved Amish looking situation. Mm. I've always right. wished I could grow the mustache, but it's never been in the cards, and now I'm in my late thirties, and it's probably not going to be in the cards. <laughs> so I'm a little yeah. jealous of you over there. Yeah, I got the perfect length where you can't. The longer it goes from here, you can start to see that. No, nah, I can't, I actually don't have a beard, so it's the perfect length, <laughs> minimal upkeep, just and then we're good to so go. So, are you so actually like strategy? Are you secretly part Asian? You can't grow a full beard or something like that, or? Uh, if, if that's what qualifies you, then yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, I think, there, I think there might be some more qualification. Yeah. Uh, so we wanted to bring you on to chat a bunch about some stuff that is below you as you see down there content hosting street fighter mm. 5 etc but i think it'd be good if we just began at the start with when you got into the fgc what were the circumstances of that what was your early playing career and so forth uh sure yeah i've told the story a few times now like basically i got in on a whim because i i bought street fighter 4 because it was on sale for 20 bucks and i had a best buy gift card for 20 bucks <laughs> And I was like, oh, Ryu Ken, yes, I, I I saw them before at, like, the sports bar, you know, on an arcade cabinet. So I bought it, and I hated it. I thought that game was terrible. Oh, wow, you, you, you sucks. so good at figuring out which games are good and bad like that immediately? Uh, That's amazing. Well, no, well, I think maybe <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome took over because then I grew to to have to love it, right? That, that's what got me into it is that I was bad at it, and I'll, I'd never been bad at a video game. Like, I, I couldn't comprehend it or, like, accept it. So that was like December 26th, the day after Christmas, 2009. And then since then, like, I just kept playing and playing and playing because I was like, I can't accept losing to the CPU. And then I had a friend, uh, Brandon, Oof. he showed me uh, that there was tournaments. I'd said, hey, I'm playing this game. He's like, oh, I really play that game. Like, I play that game a lot, like in tournaments. And so he introduced me to, like, the South Florida FGC. And then since then, it just kind of kept going and going. And uh, during, I was going to college at that time. Uh, so University of Florida was in the center of the state, so I got to go to all the events, which they were mostly in the center of the state. So that's kind of just where it began. So in between classes and stuff, on the weekends, we would carpool to random tournaments <laughs> and just do what we could. We went to, like, CEO in final round, like, you know, six in a car, 
eight in a hotel room, that yeah, sort yeah, of thing. Sure. Yeah, so just kind of got into it that way. And just kept doing that till I graduated. And in 2016, uh, I started working in, in Milwaukee. That's why I'm up here the, the Midwest these days. And that's when Street Fighter Five dropped. And I was in a position where I could start traveling more. So that's when I kind of just said, okay, like, let me try this. Let me actually go to an event. Balrog was top tier in season two, and I was like, "Let me really go to some events, you know. <laughs> let me, let me, like, it's now is the time to start dropping some money on on traveling around. If there's going to be ever a time, so uh, that's kind of how it went. And in between, then I, I started streaming, and that was always a consistent theme in the background. But basically, it all started on a whim. I just saw the game, and it was twenty bucks, and that's all I had on a gift card. Dang, who gave you that gift card? Who set you on this life path? Oh, good question. Uh, I. I'm trying to remember. It might have been my parents at that time. I <laughs> really they, can't tell you. Do they regret it ever since? <laughs> yeah. No, they're my biggest fans. My mom retweets all my stuff. She has a Twitter account with only she's only following one account, and it's it's me. Are you oh, serious? Dad, he's obsessed with yeah, and he's obsessed with YouTube. So he he watches all my YouTube videos. Oh, that's so, so, that's so cute. cute! So I they're know. into it. Man, you are definitely not Asian. I'll tell you that much. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> went from went from part Asian to not Asian at all. So there was some strife, you know. I mean, it wasn't like it, I, my first addiction. I would say was Halo Two, right? Back in middle school, there was definitely a bit of uh, you know, I'm going to smash your Xbox, get this out. You know, there's a little <laughs> bit of like that that going on. But once I got out of the house, they didn't have to see it. <laughs> So, yeah, they see the results, right? Nice. So once that happens, yeah, that makes sense. My know. son has seventy thousand subscribers on YouTube now. Right. Oh, Not man. there yet. Maybe one day. Oh man, that's awesome. Well, cool. Uh, so, how is it that you came to pick boxer? He punches. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. Yeah, so the next two. question. <laughs> well, yeah, you go more into it. I, I picked two characters in Street Fighter Four. Right? I started with Ryu. Everyone's got to do that. Of course. And then uh, I played like maybe a week or two with that. And then I tried Balrog because he looked like he hit hard. And then I won more with Balrog. <laughs> <laughs> and I stuck with him. And that was really it. I mean, it's not like I have any like lore or anything with these characters because okay. I barely played. I played Street Fighter 2 at a sports bar and I played like Bloody Roar, Tekken on a demo disc. You know what I mean? I was never really yeah. into fighting games and I played shooters that whole time leading up to this and I was really into shooters. So when I started picking up Street Fighter 4, it's not like I had any attachment. I just like started winning with this guy. And uh, I was very motivated by not wanting to be bad. Like the right, game yeah. pissed me off so much that <laughs> I just had to get good. And I was winning more with this guy. And I was like, all right, this is the dude. Let's keep winning. And then it just kind of snowballed I mean, from there. That's crazy because, I mean, obviously I never get pissed off as at fighting games as your stream oh, knows, right? So <laughs> Definitely not. Not even once. No, but I mean, what's... I think that's a common way in, right? I think, yeah. I think many of us had the experience of like being good with our like local our brothers or whatever, right? Our mm -hmm. friend across the block. And then you get to a, another situation where you're terrible all of a sudden. Like all of a sudden you yeah. just can't hang at all. And that's mm -hmm. like so frustrating that you need to get good. That was my experience too. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, and you know, it's, it's also interesting too, because you said you didn't really have much lore going into it, but when five came out, I mean, obviously boxer wasn't there initially, but when he came out, you just jumped right to it. 
And it's, you know, it's kind of one of the cool things about Street Fighter. You gain that attachment to the character, right? I mean, do you feel like you'd ever want to switch away from Boxer? I mean, I know at one point you were frustrated with him, but like, are you? Right. Do, do you consider yourself like one of those Street Fighter Six has Boxer? That's the first character you go to. Oh no! I mean, I'll definitely try him out, but I'm not attached in that sense. Like, I played Nikali when he first came out, and then when when Balrog dropped, I was like, oh, Nikali's like top three. It'd be stupid to drop Rog. But eventually, I sort of like dropped Nikali. Like I, when I think back to the Nikali days, I can barely remember that. I was like, that's me. <laughs> you know, like I see, I have a whole bunch of YouTube videos. I put out a bunch of tech. Like I started getting a little bit more known in the scene because I was like pumping out like all this tech stuff, trying to like, I remember like figure out the game. Yeah. And I remember I that really like, well. Yeah. So I and you also I, hated yeah. the game at first too. Oh, oh, dude. You hated was, the was, game at first. It was the same thing all over again, right? That was my first time having yeah. to learn a new game. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what something I've realized is learning your first fighting game is very hard. The only thing harder is learning your second one. <laughs> right? I love and, that. And after that. That you after need to that, put that like, okay. You need to put that on a Brian F t shirt, dude. Because that is that is gold right there. That is like words of wisdom. Right, because oh, at that point I had like this ego built into it. Like I achieved this much with Street Fighter Four, and I was pretty proud of what I did. Like I wasn't known or anything, but you know I didn't really have the chance to compete. But I mm -hmm. knew I was pretty good. You know, I right. was like grinding, 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 put in so many hours, and then five came out, and it felt like useless for a while. Because mm -hmm. then I realized I was like, oh, like I gotta, like this doesn't directly transfer over. Like the way I learned wasn't one to one yes. with just a general sense of like how to quickly learn a fighting. Like I never really had that, so I had to learn how to learn because before it was just a slow gradual learning process like i was not picking up the game fast it was like over two years i think in two years in i got like decent mm -hmm. so for five i expected to be decent quick and that wasn't happening <laughs> and uh yeah that forced me to break down how to learn a game like i really had to figure out how mechanics work how frame data works how setups work mm -hmm. how do i stop everyone from mashing that was a that was the entire like first six months of street fighter 5 for me it's a very different game yeah and and mm. What's interesting, though, I mean, do you feel like a lot of your change of opinion on the game also comes from the fact that the game is pretty significantly different now than it was in Season 1? Because sometimes I feel like if we all look back at Season 1, yeah, Season 1 wasn't great. <laughs> yeah. As a product, it was the worst thing I've ever spent $60 on in my entire life. Yeah, for sure. Bar none. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I found my old tweets where like I had the game in my hand. I was like, oh, I uh, can't wait to enjoy the $60 beta. You know, like even going into it, like I knew like right. Capcom was dropping the ball so hard. And then, so it wasn't just like the gameplay. The gameplay itself was okay. But everything around it was just designed to just like be like a nail slowly being nailed into your head right <laughs> into that point in your brain to make you just want to snap the disc in half like it was just a constant barrage of like the the net code being terrible constantly disconnecting the error sounds even if you won the match the error bop, bop, when you didn't get the points added like little stuff like that would just constantly mm. add up over time for you to just <laughs> hate the experience so i'm glad those days are gone like people don't remember how bad and how far the game has come it's, the game is good now i think the game is a great yes. product mm -hmm. 40 bucks for what you have now is actually great the netcode obviously it's not ideal but uh i think overall it's one of the best value fighting games oh, yeah. out there in the market um so yeah the, the gameplay itself was okay there's definitely huge problems like chun li was busted mika was busted um, I, I know you don't like that they got rid of Invincible DPs, but mm. I thought that was amazing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, 
I enjoyed the game, but I think it's definitely improved a lot. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll talk more about Street Fighter Five and how you think about it right now in a little bit. But um, let's talk a little bit more about you playing. So you have now gotten to the point of winning an LBC. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're you're pretty good at this game now. How did you? What what was that kind of improvement process like for you? How did you go about doing that? Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, that, Ryan my, didn't improve. Minus four. You know, like, minus, minus four. four. We had four. Wow. Hey, he know the truth. Okay, all right. Wow. Think of these lies. Even before that, like, you were doing well at NLBC. <laughs> um, I so was in grand finals five part, times. Yeah. Part one. How but did, how many did you win? What was the improvement process like? <laughs> Two. We'll talk about Balrog, but part one, answer me. So I think at the beginning of five was a bit different because, uh, like I said, that's where I just had to learn about like what's going on under, under the hood entirely. So in four, um, I think it was just grinding. Like I've always my, my strength, I would always say was uh, I'm not the quickest learner. I, I'm not the most naturally talented, but I'm stubborn. You know what I mean? Like that's mm-hmm. always been my thing. Is like I will keep banging my head against this brick wall until either the wall collapses or I do. You know what I mean? That's kind of been like what I had going for me. And that's how I approached four. I just played a ton, right? Um, ton of practice, ton of uh, matches. Always trying to find sessions to play offline and find good players. So five, I was kind of riding solo. Um, didn't really have a scene, and I had to learn how frame data worked. Started mm-hmm. reaching out to more people in the community. Like I got more active on Twitter and in kind of like the greater FGC online community. Um, Javid started seeing like my tech videos and started like we would discuss things a lot. Mm-hmm. So Javid's really helped me learn more about like how frame data works. I was finding nice. those Discord servers and looking up like the spreadsheets with all the frame data before we had the frame data apps in season one. And I was like, okay, this is how many active frames you have. If I do this, like if I get this knockdown here and then they quick rise, it takes. 43 frames and I can frame kill with these things and then if I do on <laughs> this fierce punch I can cover both attacks and mm-hmm. beat wake up jab and it loses the armor you know I started just like plotting out every option mm-hmm. that could technically happen to boil the game down to be very mathematical mm-hmm. and at that point when I can boil the game down to be that way like I know if I do this setup and if they do this this wins if they do this this wins then mm-hmm. I can start knowing when to bend the rules more right yes. when I first went into it it was just feel and the feel was not working. And also it was <laughs> laggy and there's eight frames of lag. So timing needed right, was yeah. impossible in season one. So I just broke the game down to like a math problem. And then from that point forward, I was able to play by feel more because then I knew what was like the mathematically most optimal thing to do in that situation. Now I can look at what you're doing, gauge a response based on that, and then adjust according to your game plan. Yeah. And I think that's just sort of how how I've learned to approach more fighting games is just learn those mechanics and then f- feel out what the defaults are and then see how people bend those mm-hmm. to account for the human element of it. Mm-hmm. And and that human element, I'm still learning more and more. Like that's something I've had to learn like after season two, especially because season two Balrog, you could play like a math problem, right? He, he had so many plus frame situations and all that. So when he got nerfed and they got rid of all the tap shenanigans, it was like, okay, how do I play with the human element? How do I like say okay that's not that's not real that's fake but why would that work against an opponent are they mm-hmm. looking for other mm-hmm. options so that the reaction time is slowed down so that the fake option becomes strong again uh, and that's like really what street fighter 5 is really about and i didn't really learn that till like season three and four yeah. um so yeah i think it's become two parts the math problem and then learning how humans are fa- uh mm-hmm. you know fallible is that the right word they yeah error so. prone yeah whatever you want to say <laughs> and then how do you apply that to people so 
it's been a long road to, to realize that. You're talking like somebody with a math background there. Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I took math classes. I wasn't great at it, but I enjoyed it. Hey, look, I was what, a math major. I'm a math major, okay? And I suck at Street okay. Fighter V. Okay? <laughs> what do you do? What, what's, your, what's your job? What do you do? Uh, I'm a software engineer. Mm. Oh, you are a programmer. Okay, okay, nice. Right, right. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's more, it's not the heaviest tech stuff, but yeah, I work in, in software. Okay. Cool. So you you kind of you kind of turned it into a problem for yourself that you need to solve, and kind of an, you you were engineering a solution to this problem that you had constructed. Right. I would say that that was more. I, I've kind of strayed away from that a lot more. That was definitely like what laid my base with this game because I think that was missing in four. So with right. five, I learned to like let me learn how under the hood everything works. Now that I have all that knowledge, I think I'm, I'm much able much more able to quickly jump to the next level because. I was. I'm, I think what's more important for me is that I know I'm stubborn. So if I don't understand why something works and you tell me this works, I need you to say, explain why. Right. I'll be like, why does that work? Mm -hmm. Why? So I had like a training partner in Street Fighter Four, my sensei, JC. He like I kind of came out of the gate being better than everyone in my university except one guy, and then this guy. Kept You're welcome, me and by the me. way. You're welcome, by the way. So JC. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Not James Chen, unfortunately. Yeah, no, unfortunately. no, no. Fortunately, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> and JC was pretty good. He was he was kind of one of those secret uh, local killers that I don't think um, people who came to Florida would know. But if you didn't go to Florida, mm. you wouldn't know about him. Um, yeah, he beat my ass every day, and I'd like uh, just hit him up, like, "Are you home? Yeah, I'm coming over." You know what I mean? Like, I was so stubborn, I would be showing up <laughs> until until the point where I'm rage quitting in person, and be like, "I gotta go." Like three hours later, be like, "I'm done." <laughs> we've all felt that every day i'd hit him up again like all right man you free let's go um and he would be like oh don't do that there even though it worked right mm -hmm. and i'd be like why it's working and he'd be like oh because it's the risky option you know like sure it worked this time but are you gonna do it every time like you're doing this every time but if i just stop doing x y or z you actually face so much more risk than whatever. I'm like, shut up, dude. <laughs> like, it's working for right now. I'm winning right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then he would eventually stop doing the option. Like it was like Yun, medium punch to shoulder. I would do EX upper with Balrog every time I saw the medium punch blocked. And he's like, You're not reacting to that. Like that's a guess. So it's okay to do sometimes, but if you do it every time, next time I'm just gonna hold down back, you're gonna whiff the upper and I'm gonna get a full combo on you. So do you wanna take that risk every time? And I'm like, well, it's worked most of the times so, now. So then he would punish me for it. And then eventually, like five hours later, after losing that interaction every time, I'm like, oh, I get it. It's a mind game at that point. I can't just see this sensory information and then automatically output this response every time. Um, so knowing that stubbornness, like, I just know that I have to understand on a deeper level. Like, I have to, you can't just tell me it. I have to understand it. I, and so now that I have all these years of understanding, I'm much able to yeah. learn things faster. So I think sometimes you just got to get your ass beat. And, 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 and I think you that's... If you want to really understand it. It's, for sure, for sure. It's great so far because, I mean, I think the fact that you've understood this and, you, and you've and you had this journey, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, he's so naturally talented, but, you know, from your own story, you're saying how much work and struggle. You know, one, I love the fact that you describe being getting good at fighting games is being stubborn. You're like, that is like, mm -hmm. that is like, I never thought about stating it that way, but it's so true. But 
I feel like that's also kind of one of the reasons why it's made you a really good teacher at the game now because you kind of understand the process that you went through and you can verbalize it really well to other people. So talk to me about your role as trying to teach like the community how to get better at fighting games. Mm, yeah, I think because I have to, I have to really understand things to be able to apply it. I think that does help me explain it better because mm -hmm. I talk to other players and some not everyone's mind works that way. Like, right. like cool kid, I talk to a cool kid all the time about fighting games. He has he's the complete opposite <laughs> of everything. I, I, I mean, he just gets it. His first tournament was final round for Street Fighter Cross Tekken. He got he went to grand finals in 2013. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like I went 0 and 2 like my first five tournaments. You know, complete opposite journey, opposite understanding. And then he would do something, and I'll be like, oh, like that's working because of this. And he's like, what? <laughs> like, I just know that it works. Like I just win, you know. Yeah. And so, because I have that other level of understanding, because I have to, I don't. I do think that helps me like break it down in a way where, um, uh. no matter who you are, hopefully that's my goal. No matter who you are, what your background is, you should be able to get my reasoning. Right. Mm -hmm. The reasoning should be laid out and not based on like, uh, trust me because I said so. Right. Uh. I never. I never perform well with that. That's. Mm -hmm. I, I hate that kind of talk. Like that's. I think you face that a lot in the FGC. Like growing up in the. FG, oh, I'm saying growing up, but like coming a member of the FGC. I think you get that a lot. <laughs> At least in the '09 era, probably even more in the arcade era. When you try to get advice, I feel like most advice was like, "I'm better than you," so this is how it is. And that's a lot of what I got. I'm like, what? <laughs> like whatever you're saying is not computing because you're not following through the reasoning. Like maybe you can't communicate it. <laughs> Like, but you're not, what you're saying doesn't make sense. Like, I'm sorry. And so, um, yeah, I try to leverage that and try to make sure that if I try to put out a video talking about a topic, I want to present it from that way where like, you don't have to trust me because I say I'm good or my credentials. You can just trust me because if you can follow through the reasoning, it makes sense. Right. And so I try to bring that when I, when I talk about mm -hmm. these topics and I think, um, it's just interesting to talk, talk about, like, I, I also do it cause I enjoy talking about it and. If I can help people have that light bulb moment here and there, um, it's nice. And also because I get annoyed when I play people and on ranks and then <laughs> they have like bad habits and uh, they're like objectively bad habits, not just like, I don't like your play style, but like <clears throat> you don't, you don't punish something over and over when you could easily win type thing. So breaking that stuff down, I feel like it's cathartic a little bit because sometimes I play an opponent. And I'm like, man, if you had just quick rise here every single time, you'd get a guaranteed punish. and I wouldn't be able to abuse this thing, but you autopilot back roll every time. Right. That's a common thing I see. Sure. And uh, I want to reach to the screen and be like, man, stop doing that. Like you're letting me win. I'm, I, I can't improve if you let me get away with fake stuff that a player knows the matchup is not going to let me do. Right. right. I, I want everyone to get better so that I get better. You know, it's like a common thing here. So it's both cathartic and uh, just something I enjoy doing. So you, well, you talk about getting better, Brian. Uh, I've noticed you branching out, playing other fighting games, or at least trying them out, you know, like the KOF trials or. Uh, you learned the Iron Man Infinite in Marvel 2. <laughs> um, what led you to want to try to do... Like, I've always known you as, like, the Street Fighter player, right? Like, you're a Street mm. Fighter player. What made you want to branch out and try these other things all of a sudden? Well, I mean, COVID, right? Sure, sure. <laughs> right? Like, like, it was just so busy. My problem is time because, you know, I, I still work full-time. I'm trying to stream and... Uh, <sighs> It, it was hard to start segueing into more variety stuff without having an immediate impact to your stream performance, which is something I cared about. 
and uh, I figured out ways to address that more. So, but in general, like it was time. Uh, I was pr I always feel pressured to keep trying to improve because, like I said, I don't think I improve unless I put a lot of hours in. And um, that's still my number one focus, I would say, is trying to get better even now with online tournaments and everything. Uh, I'm very competitive and want to win. So it's more of a, I have difficulty doing things that are not productive and I'm doing air finger quotes for a reason because like, what does that really mean? Um, so if I'm not working on the stream, if I'm not doing work work, if I'm not trying to get better, it's really hard for me to like let go and relax and mm -hmm. i think a, it's a kind of a personal problem and i think a lot of people have that problem yeah. but yeah i don't play games like i don't play video games you know uh, and so playing another fighting game is also like that sometimes where i'm like i should be playing street fighter 5 right now i should be improving is my stream doing as well and i think as COVID happened and doing the youtube thing i've been able to branch out and do more fun things in more structured ways which are still good content so I think that's the difference for me is that um, I did things like uh, um, I had kind of a series about like trying new games, right? I had homemade waffles show me melee and I taught him a little bit of Street Fighter Five. This kind right. of like mix cool. and match thing. Um, I did an episode with Melty Blood. Uh, so I've been doing, uh, I got other things planned too, but kind of like having people from the community show me a game and teach me the game and the the audience can learn with me. So ways to make it good content rather than just picking up a game and playing it mm -hmm. motivates me more to play more things. And then uh, maybe you're hinting at Marvel 3. I just like Marvel 3. That is a game that I like. <laughs> just mashing heavy with Hulk in a little bit. Well, I, I was actually going to lead up to asking, are you ever going to play something else competitively? Like, Shrive is coming out and everybody's going to be playing that. Like, maybe are you thinking about trying to play more than one fighting game competitively, or are you just going to stick with Street Fighter? Well, you know, I, I will hang on to this to the day I die. I got ninth place out of, like, 500 people in DBFZ at Texas Showdown 2018, <laughs> and I drowned in pools in Street Fighter Five. So, <laughs> so that did happen. All so, right. So when DBFZ dropped, for, up until Evo, I was playing DBFZ pretty heavily. Um, and then I had that one good performance, which was fun. And uh, Street Fighter Five, I mean, it's just tough, dude. Like that tournament, I drowned in pools to Kaba and Myers, right? That's what drowning in pools in Five that's is. Tough. That's yeah, yeah. That's not even a drowning, dude. Like, I, yeah, <laughs> you got you got tough. dunked by by like some beefy guys, dude. I mean, and Kaba and Myers were holding you down yeah, inside your body, right? So that's, <laughs> that, that's pools in Street Fighter Five. I mean, that's oh, how yeah. cutthroat that game is in CPT. Sure. Like every event is like that. So there's a lot of pressure to stay relevant in that, um, and and. But that DBFZ tournament, dude, that was so sick because I remember watching people do combos before the event playing. Like, I played uh, 16 Cell Vegeta, right? The, the season one cheap team. Right. And uh, I, I saw a guy playing that team and doing like the fanciest sparking combos I've ever seen. I was like, whoa, you can do that? All the relaunches, like the instant air dash loops with 16. And it was so sick. And I was like, wow, these guys are so good. And they play anime games. And I, I just mash uh, Wake Up 3 Frame and Street Fighter 5. And then I remember I played that guy in tournament and I smoked him. It was so free. <laughs> and then it, after the match, he was like, damn. Like, he just, like, sighed. <laughs> and I was like, I had no combos. I had nothing. I just, like, got knocked down 16, mix up, knocked down 16, mix up. And I was like, wow, that was fun. That's what happens so, when you learn combos, but mm, don't learn how to hit people. Yep. Oh, man. Mm -hmm, 100%. Uh, and that's when I realized. I was like, man, maybe I can do it. Maybe I can play anime games. Uh, and then evil happened and I got washed and I was like, oh, people are getting good now. 
That was the first time <laughs> where I, I came out in a game and I was like better up front and then fell behind, right? Because mm -hmm. Street Fighter Five, Street Fighter Four, that did not happen. So right. this was like, oh sweet, I'm onto something. And then I, I realized like, oh, I have to put in too much time. Like I just can't do it, so I dropped it. Um, but basically, like the... yeah, I think I would do that with Strive. I'm interested in Strive. I might suck at it because I've never played a Guilty Gear. Um, but I, I'm definitely gonna play it and see if I like it. So I'm not against it, but. It's a matter of priority and time, so I I just need too much time. If mm -hmm. I can do it, I will. If I if I start falling behind and Street Fighter Five, whatever may come next, then probably drop it. But I'm not against it. Yeah, because I mean, even a guy like Tokido, who's been amazing at like so many games at the same time, basically doesn't play anything else anymore. I mean, that's how much time you have to put in to a fighting game these days. It's crazy. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's very difficult to be consistently relevant like i don't know how people do it some people maybe they just say they don't practice that much but i have to put in like a couple hours every day and that's all i really have and if i don't right. do that it's like i know dude I, I understand no i mean i've always said that you know for me for example i'm a volume player i have to play a lot to be good at a fighting game and if I don't, I just, I can't get good at it. And different people learn differently. I mean, it sounds like you're more of a volume player as well, right? Because there's some people mm -hmm. who's like, yeah, I don't practice. Like, he just plays like once every week and he's like amazing. And it's, I'm so jealous of those people. But <laughs> like I said. I don't know how much I believe them. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can tell you firsthand that I lived with one of the people. Yeah. Uh, they say that. Yeah. Uh, I've lived with Big Marcus and he would tell people. I don't play this game. That motherfucker played six hours a day, Street Fighter oh. grinding <laughs> online. So yeah, anybody who says they don't practice. Okay, well, I, I actually have seen people not practice and be good. Yeah, look, I, it's really rare for. Sure. I, I lived I with. They exist. I lived with Justin Wong. Okay, let me tell you, <laughs> okay, man yeah, did I'll not practice. <laughs> He's put in his ten thousand hours though. That's for sure. Yeah, um, right. yeah. He already has the the body work behind yeah. it. But exactly. it's interesting. That's always an interesting topic to me because um, I feel like my brand is like very much the opposite. Mm -hmm. So like you know for. When I was coming up for a while in the content game, of course, I get all the comparisons to Smug, right? So natural makes sense. But and I always find it funny because his thing is uh, with the greatest of ease, right? And then mine is with the greatest of difficulty because that's, <laughs> I, what I present to you is all the good, the bad, and the ugly. Like I am failing a thousand and one times to get that one victory, right? And so that's kind of more of my thing is showing how much goes into it. Yeah. And uh, I find it interesting how people try to like mask it and i'd rather put it all up front like hey man this this is hard too when i get that win that makes it all the more worth it i gotta tell you man we need to i swear to god like everything you are saying is like right where i'm trying to send my messages to because i'm always telling people how hard fighting games are but you know at the same time when you learn it the reward is better than anything that you'll ever experience you know so mm -hmm. uh honestly it's it's what makes fighting games so great because when you do conquer it it's 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 a fantastic feeling and i mean talk to me uh, like when you did win your first nlbc i mean was it like you're on the floor sobbing you know like i mean kind of reaction or how was mm. that well i mean for that one it was hard to feel like the other thing I have is maybe, maybe I do it too much. Is I also kind of downplay achievements unless they really hit that spot. So like with mm -hmm. NLBC and online tournaments in general, it's hard to always know like uh, was this a win? Was there interference with lag? 
Were they playing that well? Mm. Did I conquer my demons in bracket? So like, like I said, I've been in grand finals at NLBC a bunch of times. The people who stop me are like IDOM, Punk. You know what I mean? Like yeah. those are the people I want to beat. Like if I if I don't, I want to. I don't want to win an LBC. I want to conquer it. I, I want Idom to be in grand finals, and I want to six zero him. You know what I mean? Like I want to go to losers <laughs> round one, come all the way back and destroy him, and then I'll throw my computer out the window. Right? Like that'll be the ultimate summit for me. So uh, that that NLBC, like I played a lot of good players, but it wasn't like people who maybe it sounds egotistical, but you know, for my standards, where I said where I placed myself compared to them, I didn't feel like I was really making leaps and bounds, right? It was like, I expect myself to beat these players if all things go well. And um, then on top of that, it's like, might be laggy, might be kind of weird, might be issues outside of the game. So that one, it was, I did have a sense of relief, but it wasn't like, oh my God, finally did it. But I definitely had moments like that where it's like, it's never been a sob moment, but it's been like a con very content and like, mm. almost like I could fall asleep. Like I could immediately huh. lay down. Like when I got top eight at final <laughs> round in 2019, I felt like the moment I shook JB's hand, I could have just like laid down on that stage and fallen asleep. Hmm. Yeah, you know, I just like slept like a baby right then. Like it was a long day. Out, you can rest now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's that's more what it is to me. So I I, I haven't had that moment where I, I want to like cry from a win. I cry from other people's wins though. Uh, like Aww. every Capcom Cup, I cry. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> it's like a wedding. That's so beautiful. God, yeah. I can't believe you cry. I never cry, right? No, I'm <laughs> yeah, right. Dude, yeah. I'm just yeah. going in both directions here. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, with respect to your content game, James, can you just add some minutes to this? Whatever. Yeah, no, know. for sure. For Whatever. Sure. Just add some minutes. Whatever. What, add Whatever. Some minutes. Um, Ryan, we're just going to keep you for the rest of the show. No big deal. Hope you can stick around for two hours, bud. Let's do it. Oops. Well,. You got it on there? Okay, yeah, you yeah, do. Yeah, well, maybe uh, not 30, but okay, yeah, yeah, anyway. Yeah, I, I, changed wrong, I changed the wrong <laughs> uh, one. Let's talk about your, your content game. So Twitch and, and YouTube for you have grown hugely over the past two years. Um, what do you think has led to that success? It's definitely the focus on YouTube. Like, there's n really nothing else to think about there. It's, um, I think, well, it's not just YouTube. It's doing content specifically for YouTube. So... Mm. I think Twitch, like you, the era of just turning on Twitch and playing a game and gaining an audience from that, that's that's been gone for years, right? And I was kind of slow to adapt to that as well. But when you structure content around YouTube, and by doing that, I mean like when I go live, I usually try to have at least one or two segments, I'll call it, where it'll make a video. And the video will be something that's clickable, right? So... Um, for instance, I, this weekend I did a stream. I'm going to get the world record in Ultra Street Fighter 4 Trials. Right. Fall Rock, right? <laughs> it sounds outlandish and stupid and over the top. And the thing is, it's like there's not that much competition on it. So it's not like that hard. No disrespect to Tom Sinister. Who had, he took the record away from me. I had to take it back. Nice. Uh, so we got a little rivalry there. But it's one of those things where you can like be overzealous and over-celebrate something and be the best in the world, but it actually doesn't matter, but it's goofy enough for everyone yeah. to be to get hype about, right? And I had that idea randomly, and the stream got like 1,300 viewers, which is like a, way above average for me, and the video hasn't come out yet, but I know it'll be a good video, right? It's a clickable thing, it's a direct story, and you can watch the whole thing and be done. So having stuff like that that you do will make good YouTube videos. The YouTube videos are then 
um, able to get new viewers because Twitch will not give you new viewers ever. Twitch does not have any discoverability. They do not help <laughs> you grow. There's nothing in the platform to help put you in front of people. Like nothing helps on Twitch. It doesn't exist. But YouTube will recommend you to people. You will say, hey, like mm. you watch this one video game video one time about a fighting game. Here's this guy who does fighting game videos, right? Or people who watch similar videos to you uh, also watch this guy, even though you never watched a fighting game video in your life, but somehow there's some kind of intersection here. Do you want to watch these videos? And the numbers you see, like the impressions, the interactions, it's just so much more than every other platform. And it made me realize that Twitch is like the small pond and and then YouTube is the ocean. Like there's just no comparison. I mean, the orders of magnitude of, of number of eyeballs on YouTube compared to Twitch, you just cannot compare them. So ever since I started doing that, there's been a direct correlation between people tuning to my stream, right? So keep producing regular YouTube content. And that on its own is sort of like a snowball effect where I think frequency of upload matters, like constantly having ideas which are clickable. So I do like instructional stuff, little mini hype events, like the world record trials, right? That's a little hype event, um, tournament runs. And even if I do like a ranked video, you frame it with like a theme, like maybe in this video, I played against a bunch of Hondas. And I'll be like, wow, Honda, huh? Crazy. <laughs> Do some kind of clickbait with that. And it'll what be a video ranked. name. <laughs> yeah. Wow, Honda, Honda huh? Wow. Ooh, sheesh. <laughs> right? And then just put Honda on there, and then there you go. Like, maybe the video itself, the title doesn't tell you directly what it is, but the video is in ranked highlights that feature a lot of Honda. So they're not, it's clickbait, but you are delivering on what was promised, even though right. it's not a clinical titling right. of the video. And that's another thing I learned is don't clinically title anything. It used to be like Street Fighter 4 footage, uh, 1, 21, 09, uh, session 2, you know? Yeah. That, that will never go anywhere. And so doing that kind of stuff consistently builds an audience. And then eventually they start funneling over to Twitch. And then eventually you start seeing Twitch growth. And um, also just like monetary support, like the number of people who watch on YouTube and they go, I like this guy. I don't have time to watch his streams because he streams between these hours and I'm never available. I'll just drop a prime and then be on with my day. Hmm. Right? <laughs> so that's another thing I noticed is like, wow, like there's so many people who just prime and don't watch. They just want to support. Here's some free support. Um, so yeah, that, that, that stream for YouTube is like the number one thing I think that contributed to growth. And I think in general, the FGC has been, but still needs to focus a lot more on YouTube because these other platforms don't help. And there's a huge audience of people who love fighting games and love just casually browsing at their own pace, but that it, we weren't meeting that need, I don't think. Mm -hmm. So that that's it, like YouTube. I'm I'm curious if you approached if you if you see similarities in your approach between how you improved in content versus how you improved in fighting games. Um, a little bit. Uh, the, the one comparison is the slow start because I did YouTube for a long time, but I think my main issue was rate of upload and um, not having the extra like entertainment value. So what really got the ball rolling was I started working with uh, Brain Genius Academy, AA. He's my editor and he's mm. fantastic. And that allowed me to focus on streaming and having ideas right. when he could then uh, do the editing. And he's a beast at editing. Right. I mean, the pace he does it is insane. So much better than me. But I guess the parallel there is it was just a slow learning session. I think once I got into the groove of making the YouTube videos with him, um, 
it was much easier. And I can't take all the credit. Like I said, he does all the editing. So that's the quality of the videos are, are so much better now because of his work. <laughs> so I think that's the only parallel is that it took time. But once I got over that hump, I think it was a very, very fast growth. And I think the yeah. main thing was more than me investigating it, I started watching Ludwig, who I think everyone mm. is kind of paying attention to him now for like that subathon thing. But before that, I mean, like, he's at the top of Twitch, right? So before that, I was watching him a year ago when COVID first started, and that's where I learned all these strategies. I mean, he, he broke this down. Like, the I learned just by watching him, the seeing play. how his stream was always like three YouTube videos a stream, right? Super, like, bam, bam, bam. And then in between, you know, he hangs out with Chad, and that's the stuff that doesn't make it to YouTube. And that's kind of like what I try to do now. But then he even put out videos like explaining that. Like, he had a yeah. very good way of structuring exactly what he's doing and he understood on a systematic level what he's doing so he's not just entertaining and happens to be entertaining and it works he understands the formula for creating content for these platforms and now he's the no number one sub guy on, on the platform so <laughs> yeah he knows a thing or two i think but people are hating on him for that but i think he put out some videos that i've retweeted like just watch this you know he right, breaks yeah, it down I remember that. I remember 40 minute that. presentation mm -hmm. i guarantee you, you can learn a thing or two and it might help grow fgc content because i think we really need that so uh, recently you had a new experience of working in a live hosting event situation doing mm -hmm. um not capcom cup whatever they called it the season finale season. final i don't know right. i was there i'm pretty sure but uh, how how was that different for you how did you approach that and how do you think it went uh it was both different and the same because i've been there as a player you know i've mm. been to that those studios in that area like five times at this point because i did i've done king of the hill i've done the other ones what do they do street <laughs> fighter league also <laughs> the other yeah, 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 yeah. whatever etc yeah so i've done a, a bunch of events on the player side so i you know i i was used to like you go to the chair they powder your nose and then you sit around all day and then you do stuff for like you know one tenth of the time is actually the action um but being on the the analyst side and actually talking a bit more um i don't know it felt pretty natural at the end of the day because we're just doing street fighter <laughs> so i feel like if you if you <laughs> tell me to talk about street fighter i can i can just rattle on forever so yeah. it was both new but also the same because i i don't know it's also it's like doing a player interview you kind of do the same thing you banter you talk on camera but i think it was nice to be part of an event where there's not pressure to compete that was that was the new part, right? Not like be like, oh crap, I gotta win. Just there to enjoy the show and talk about it. So it was a lot of fun. Um, got to watch six matches and yeah. got to commentate. So I really enjoyed it. Just from that perspective, it's a lot more relaxing, I think, <laughs> than competing. It's definitely the easier job in many ways. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt about that. I mean, it's harder in some ways too. I mean, you have in to some be ways, live. Yeah. Totally, totally like not. There's a lot more time for you to try to not embarrass yourself, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's always that whole thing where me and David always say, if the chat isn't talking about you, then you know you did a good job, <laughs> you know? Because <laughs> if they're yeah. talking about you, it's usually not something nice. And that means, you know, your job almost as a commentator is almost to kind of just be there. You know what I mean? It's weird. I mean, that that's true. That's true. Once you get to a certain level of expectation that people have for you when you're when it's something new, like for you hosting, um, I, I would imagine you got a lot of positive comments. I mean, I, I hope right. You did. Yeah, I think it was um, the opposite. Yeah, it's because we're new. There was like 
lots of memes and great great job dude it. you're so you're so sick up there you know right, right the the fifth year that you do it it's not going to happen quite as often which is definitely where james is now well, I mean, I am, it also depends of, of because there, like, well, there are some people who when they show up the first time people will just dog on them like constantly so i think it's like one or the other right it's it's one or the other basically mm. and that's usually probably an indication of you know how how you're perceived by the audience as well right so. Yeah. I think it's a little bit different too because I've been on Twitch in FGC in the FGC eyeballs for so long. Right. It's right. not like uh, being thrown as a commentator without that kind of prior experience. So people probably it's definitely a ton of new people seeing me, but a lot of people who are already accustomed to me are just going to be excited if they're uh, fans of what I do. Right. So there's a lot of positive feedback from that. There's tons of good memes. Yeah. Like that's that's how I knew it was yeah, going right, well yeah. was the fact that. <laughs> Whenever I would check my phone, there would be a new mention with a, a new Photoshop meme of me or Rob or looking goofy, and I just hit retweet, yeah. like whatever. Right. Like the format doesn't make sense. I don't really get the joke, but whatever. It's it's a good sign, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Car salesman, insurance salesman, Brian. Yeah, that's right. Right. Some like, good sure, stuff. whatever. It's funny. You're getting into it, so it's a good sign. Well, yeah, man. I, I I thought that it went great. What are you? What do you got, Tubbo? I was gonna say we're we're way past time, so I have something I need to know before we kick you off the show. Your background. Is that a green screen background or is that your actual house? I think it's a green screen. I've had other people tell uh, me it's your actual house. Pick up no, that goddamn real. elephant. Pick up that elephant. I don't believe you. All right. We'll, we'll get the scale. <laughs> yeah. It's real. Oh, man. I thought it was green screen. Tupperware, that elephant is as tall as you. It is, man. It is <laughs> oh, man. He's wow. real. Wow. It's real. It's real. Look All at right. that. Look at that. You have a tubbleware sized elephant. That's awesome. Yes. That's, yeah, I think it's huge. What and about the What gray. about the state fair for my girlfriend when that was still a thing? So Aww. <laughs> He's been in the background of many a stream now. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Um, all right. So yeah, we're gonna kick you out, but give me give me ten words on Street Fighter Five season five. I think Balrog is fair and honest, and you can't. All right, he's done. He's done. He's done. <laughs> you missed it. You missed it. You had a couple extra on there, but good job. Thanks for coming on, man. Message oh yeah, what matters plug, there. Plug yourself. What do yeah, you got? plug yourself. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Brian underscore F. YouTube Brian underscore F. That's B R I A N underscore F. On Twitter, it's a bit different. It's Brian F, but with a four instead of an A. B R I four and yeah, F. You can see it right uh, under stream. him. Yep. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, I stream pretty much every weekday around like 6 p.m. Central and got a couple of videos uploaded a week on YouTube, so be sure to check that out. That's so amazing cool. that the whole Brian with the four, I mean, maybe that should be the official with the whole minus four thing going on, right? I mean, it's just like... I, I tried to drop that with the Xbox 360 days, but Twitter is holding on to that at. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good luck on that front. <laughs> all right dude thanks a lot for coming on again all right all right thanks brian thanks, guys have a good one man good night yeah Bye. so there you have Later. it that was uh obviously brian f the strongest kuime embu player uh in the fgc right now it's true, it's true. Uh, but let's move on to the next topics over here nice work uh five five matchup we actually have a couple of our own five five matchup questions here uh, taken some from some tweets and some from just some ideas that we had. Um, Number one, what character 
makes you seethe with rage by just thinking about them? This was a question that was put up on the Twitter by Twitch. And it had a lot of interactions. There's like 5,000 responses to that tweet, obviously. <laughs> most of it not being fighting games. But a lot of people in the FGC had their opinions known on that as well. What do you guys say to this? I'm going to put fighting game character makes you see with rage for yes, us. Yes, so, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. You know, I, I, I honestly legitimately don't have one. There are some characters that I, I particularly don't like to fight in most games, but I've never been, like, so mad about a single character that I completely quit a game just because of that one character. I think the closest thing would have been GT Goku in Season 2 mm, Dragon Ball Fighter. Yeah. I, uh, I really hated that character. I still hate that character, but <laughs> not to, like, the point where I think about it. I'm just like, oh, I'm gonna throw stuff. Like, I don't get... Whatever. Like, people will pick you know, top tier, and so do I. So it, it's kind of, I just, as a competitor, I don't get that upset about yeah. who other people pick. But yeah, if I, if I had to pick one, it would be Season 2 GT Goku. Okay. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of a little bit of a hard question for me to answer because I... I have way too many characters that make me see with rage when I see them. Okay, I mean, let's 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 go down the list, shall we? <laughs> no, I mean honestly, like, oh man, in, when I was playing Tekken, like Xiaoyu, freaking Eddie Gordo, oh my god, like those characters were just absolute nightmares for me. Uh, when Urien first dropped in Street Fighter V was a pain in the ass, and now might be Alex, dude. Because, I mean, even before he got buffed, I could not be Alex in Street Fighter Four to save my life. Um, but, um, uh, who else was I going to say? There was, um... Sabretooth. Uh, there was a bunch of other characters, but yeah, someone mentioned Sabretooth in the chat. I have never been that vilely angry at a character in my entire life uh, like Sabretooth. So Sabretooth is actually probably the best answer that I actually spent a giant paragraph in uh, uh, my X-Men versus Street Fighter FAQ. So there was always like beginner combos, intermediate combos, you know, expert, like, expert combos and then crazy combos or whatever and my crazy combo section is like it doesn't matter because this character is fucking scrubby like this character's stupid it's the most brain dead character in all of fighting game history fuck Sabretooth like and so now basically every time anyone mentions Sabretooth I just say fuck Sabretooth basically on uh, as a response because seriously I hated that character so much because he was the scrubbiest damn ass character. I mean, you want to know scrub characters? Like, people are complaining about characters today. Like, you don't know what X-Men vs. Street Fighter Sabretooth was like. And not only that, but everyone who played him thought they were good. That was the worst part about <laughs> it. They had no skill whatsoever. Ooh. He's not even necessarily the best character in the game. Not even close, I don't think. But, like... At the lowest levels, like, you would just get these scrubs and they would beat you and they would look like they're so amazing and, like, they would be so happy with themselves and shit. And this what, was, what made him so good? He has the fastest jump. Jump Fierce, Jump Roundhouse is, like, an infinite against Juggernaut. Like, you just do Jump Fierce, Jump Roundhouse, Jump Fierce, Jump Roundhouse. And then if he ever got you, you everyone would do 
launch into jab short strong, mass strong, and he would air throw you. And if you were anywhere near the corner, you would do DP super, which looped into itself. The DP super le le looped into itself, and three of them in a row did about 160% damage or something like that to a person. Well, it was like, mass jump, fierce jump, roundhouse jump, fierce, oh, I hit you, low short, low launch, jab short strong, air throw, DP super, DP super, you're dead. Game over. Wait, That's what it. You're saying is, what you're saying is he jumped in on you. He was, dude, <laughs> there was no anti-air that could stop that, dude. Trust me. Give me shit, dude. I, I, already know, me. I already know how stupid the character the was. The character is oh, so to lead dumb. <laughs> nice. Seriously. What leading questions. Good work. That yep. character is the I could be a lawyer. stupidest, mm -hmm. most brain-dead ass character. Like, I talk about Nako as, like, one of the most brain-dead characters from CVS1. Dude, nothing, nothing compared to Sabretooth in X-Men vs. Street Fighter. That was a scrub character of scrub characters. Fuck Sabretooth. Anyways. <laughs> God. So yeah, what about you, now David? Okay, all right. <laughs> uh, nowadays, my answer is nobody. I don't get mad at fighting games really anymore. On account of having played Marvel 3. Thanks to Marvel 3 for having disabused me of every <laughs> yeah, game Yeah, I mean, because... honestly, man, that's probably why I'm... I feel like if you are able to put up with the nonsense that exists in a game like that, it's not the only game that's that wild, but pretty wild game. Dark if you can put up with that, I mean, nothing yeah. makes you mad, right? Yeah. Perfect. And if, if you are playing Marvel 3 and getting mad, I don't know how you're... How, how do you survive? Like... Right? How could you possibly get mad Dude, and play that game look, for more than 10 minutes? Look, look, look. Uh, I said it before. It's it's the Bruce Banner. When you sit down and play the game, the secret is you're already mad. <laughs> you're just mad already when you sit down oh, and play no, it. Man. I I'm played not. a 50 with my boy Limbo on Friday, last Friday night. And I came in feeling so sad. And like I just randomly hit him up. I was like, hey, let's play Marvel. Threw up my Parsec server. Probably cost me like ten bucks just to play with him for those <laughs> ninety-nine games. I left. I like when we were done. I won fifty to forty-nine. By the way, when Ooh, I was done, yeah. When I set. when I was done, I felt so happy. I felt relieved. I felt like my stress was gone. I just love Marvel so much. I could do that with anybody. I could have lost ninety-nine to zero, and I would have felt like, man, I really spent three hours productively right there. So I just love Marvel three so much. And, and, and I do want to be mad. I do want to address Tiny Tech's uh, comment there. David, you know, he says uh, says the dude who just last week admitted to walking off the station after playing against USF4 Ibuki. Ooh, good call. I hadn't thought about that. I did actually walk <laughs> off somebody. That's true. Yeah. I think that's more disdain for the game than the character, though. That is actually the correct. That's actually correct. But <laughs> you're right. I did do that. I mean, look, it wasn't always the case that I was cool with that, with nutty stuff in fighting games. Definitely not. Before that, before I, like, finally got that out of my system in Marvel 3, for the most part, Abuki aside, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, yeah, I got mad at stuff. I was mad at Chun-Li in Third Strike, of course. I was mad at Yun in Third Strike all the time. I was mad. I was very mad. Makoto, Makoto, in Makoto in Third Strike. I was very mad at Makoto in Third Strike. Yes, 
Now, I made a particularly bad choice of maining Q in that game. It was yeah, not a good call. Everything, every reason you're mad at Third Strike, that was your fault. It was my fault, absolutely right. But that's not how I viewed it at the time. And I was I was mad. Yeah, I mean, sure. Like, I would I would lose to a Chun. It would be exactly like James was just saying about Sabretooth. Oh, congratulations. You pressed down medium kick or back fierce a few times. Whoa, you must be so great. Uh, in reality, the players were good. I just was mad about it. And well, I was putting myself in a situation where I, it was going to be a struggle. And so I struggled. That's how it was. That was my bad. But I yeah, mean, I was definitely mad about it. I feel like, to be fair to you, Makoto Q is not a fun it's tough. matchup, right? It's so. tough. It's tough. Yeah. And I got mad. I can recall getting mad at Vega in Super Turbo, which I think is pretty reasonable. But... <laughs> Um, I was mad about Honest it in the way that I would be now. Super Turbo, the bastion of footsies and fundamentals. <laughs> yeah. Honest oh, game. Oh, no funny business in that game. Honest what if, game. What if a character with the best footsies in the game also had the best mix-ups in the game? That's cool. <laughs> what, about, what about the best walk speed in the game? How about that? Would that be cool? What if he had a reversal that you could just store while standing, even though it's supposed to be his charge move? <laughs> I mean, what if he had a crouching light punch that made him avoid all cross-ups and then he could throw you? <laughs> yeah, what if he just move his hurt box out of the way? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not... I think it's funny to talk about now, but I definitely used to get mad about it, and now I don't really feel like I'm, I'm mad about it. But for sure, I, I remember those feelings, and I definitely did feel that way for the first probably 10 years of being in the FGC, getting mad at us, for sure. Yeah. All right, moving on. Wait, what no, were wait, they well, I mean... That character? Before we move on, though, I mean, just to kind of sum up the whole entire thing, fuck Sabretooth, dude. Like, oh. fuck <laughs> Sabretooth. In... Unrelated, James, let's play some X-Men first Street Fighter. Fuck <laughs> I wonder what, I wonder what character Tubbo is planning to use. You know, definitely, definitely not playing Sabretooth. Dude, the best part about it is when you have to upload these YouTube videos, they're like, you know... Is this good for, you know, for, uh, you know, ad sustainability and stuff like that? And, you know, you have to put down occasional F words in here. I'm going to have to, like, change this one to be like, sorry, this we can't. This one can't be monetized now. No monetization this time. Uh, by the way, thank you to um, FNCO Funko for Funko. the subscription. Thank you to Minoc Gate for the subscription. And also, during the Brian interview, mm -hmm. which we missed, Anubis816 yes. gave out five tier one mm -hmm. community subs. Thank you yeah, very much for that. High five. Okay, go. let's move on to the next topic. The next topic is, who is on your FGC Mount Rushmore? If you don't happen to live in the United States of America, we have this big mountain up in the kind of top central part of our country that we have carved the faces of four of our presidents onto. And it's real, they're real big heads. They're pretty pretty gaudy looking, yeah. But uh, that's what we did. And so those are the presidents <laughs> that whoever made it really thought were great. And uh, some of them are, so congratulations. Um, who would you have on a fighting game, Mount Rushmore? Who that is to say, do you think are worthy of uh, being on a huge mountain as particularly notable people. Now, so, now, now, one thing to... Before we get into it, though, yeah, there, okay. there's rules. Yeah, there's yeah, rules okay. to this. That's what okay. I wanted to establish. Since Mount, yeah. since Mount Rushmore is basically founding fathers, you know, like the the old school, the mm -hmm. you know, some of the first presidents or so, um, this has to be before modern day FGC. Mm -hmm. So 
2008 and previous, these players have to be from. 2008? What do you... Yeah. God. 2008 and previous. Do you want to go even even longer? I mean, I, I feel like Modern Day Fighting Game started in 2009. Sure. I mean, it's not really true that Mount Rushmore was only founders. It's got Lincoln and well, yeah, it has, Teddy I, Roosevelt on there. I mean, there. yeah, but it has old, dusty, old white men on there, okay? Well, we okay, fair enough, but like, dusty players. In, in the context of the time... F, uh, Teddy Roosevelt wasn't like that long before. I think it's like thirty years before or something. Anyway, yeah. so in so in FGC time, thirty years ago is two thousand eight. Come on, guys, stay with me here. Fine. What 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 I'm trying to say is, people that came in two thousand sixteen cannot be on the fucking Mount Rushmore. Okay? okay, okay, you got it. You, I'm God. I'm on board with that. Yeah, I'm on board with that, but my picks do include somebody who came after 2000. Well, not even that's not even really true, but anyway, let's talk about who we got, <laughs> and I'll make my uh, explanation when we come to it. All right, so uh, I thought about this a little bit. I wanted to do my best to spread out the love throughout the planet because okay. the FGC is global. It's not just the United States. It's not just Japan. It's everywhere. Uh, but I do think Justin and Daigo are obvious. Okay. Justin and Daigo, automatic on my Mount Rushmore. My third pick would be Ryan Hart. Mm. Uh, Ryan Hart is, you know, he's a extremely good ambassador from the UK, you know, Europe in general. Um, I mean, the, the guys competed in 3D fighters at the highest level, 2D fighters at the highest level, he's an Evo champ, et cetera, et cetera. Ryan Hart is, it, it, he definitely belongs on Mount Rushmore, in my opinion. Now, my fourth one, I tried really, really hard to not use two Japanese players, mm. but I think this this player is too strong and too influential to not include. And my fourth player would be Tokido. Okay. okay. Uh, I mean, he's just he's been he's he's been so dominant in so many different titles up until Street Fighter Five, where he's now only playing Street Fighter Five. But I can't think of a player outside of Justin Wong that played so many titles at a high level at one time. That's it. That's, That's good. good. It's a good list. Okay. Yeah. What do you got, James? Uh, for my Mount Rushmore, I would put on uh, Tomo, Mike Watson, mm -hmm. Alex Valle, and Justin Wong. Because wow. this, is, this is Mount Rushmore. It's going to be American-centric because it's right, Mount Rushmore. Right. Come all on. Right, We're talking about Mount Rushmore, dude. I mean, like, <laughs> it's it's going to be as <laughs> as as inclusive as possible, okay? Like, it's, nice work. Nice work. Yeah. This, this, is, this is real desecrating Native American territory here, ours, James. <laughs> yes. You got it. You, you nailed it. You nailed it. <laughs> Basically. So, uh, yeah, I would pick those four because those four were the... Like, literally, that was the order of the greats in US FGC, right? Is Tomo was dominating first, then Mike Watson. Mike Watson got usurped by just uh, by Alex Vai. Alex Vai got usurped by Justin Wong. So, my Mount Rushmore wouldn't include anyone else out there because I think that they I wouldn't want to desecrate their name by putting them on a Mount Rushmore. So, that's uh, that's fair enough, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good take on it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so mine are not just the best players. I felt like this was an FGC question. I didn't interpret this as being like, which players are going to be on your Mount Rushmore. 
So it's a little bit more than that. Um, although they all are, of course, players. Um, so I have Alex Valle, both because he was the best player in North America and, you know, one of the best in the world in many different games for quite a while. Uh, Daigo, Daigo, same reason, but from Japan, obviously, but um, also, oh, I should say, but also for Vi, then started Wednesday Night Fights, mm -hmm. you know, Level Up has yeah, been an extremely important person for the rise of streaming, major tournaments in North America, um, really, really influential, I think, when it comes to all that stuff. And Daigo, again, y'all know, fantastic player, one of the greatest ever, but also has had an extremely important career in making being a fighting game player or really just a video game player seem like something that you could do in Japan or anywhere. Selling a book, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a celebrity. It's huge for him. Um, I would say Reinhardt, again, not only one of the best players of all time, but also super influential when it comes to his commentary, his hosting. It's not just in the fighting game scene that he's done this either. He's done it in other esports too. Um, so I think that that's a really important you know, somebody, somebody who who sort of spread awareness of the fact that the UK is really can be really good at fighting games to the rest of the world, um, including at times when like people in North America were basically of the mind that if you didn't come from Japan, we were going to win, right? That that was it. It was basically NA US really even mm -hmm. um, would would beat everybody who was in Japan, and Reinhardt was was somebody who was you know making us think differently about that sure. uh, and the rest of the world too. And then my fourth is Spooky. Uh, who has made Evo top eight as a player? He's a good player in his own right, but also is probably the single most important person when it comes to the rise of um, streaming in fighting games in general, and continues to be extremely important on that front. So those are my four: Valle, Daigo, Reinhardt, Spooky. All right. Okay. I think these are all good lists, guys. I yeah. think you did good jobs on these. <laughs> all done. Yeah. Well done I, all I, around. Bye I bye. do definitely want to say that I originally did have Choi on my list uh, instead of Justin, but I felt like I had to put Justin on there. So, and unfortunately, Choi fell by the wayside. But someone suggested doing a half Vi, half Choi face, which I think might actually kind of work too. So, I like that one. Okay. All right, let's the go to the user, the user list, here, the viewer 5-5 five, five matchup. <laughs> the user questions. The user questions. <laughs> the user's question. Number one. Sorry, pro, pro, former Which UI programmer. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Which fighting game would benefit most from a timeout button? Each player gets one timeout per match, but only at times when that player is allowed to input an action. So, like, not in the middle of... An opponent's combo, etc. I don't Two. get what that means. Like, uh, if, if you're getting hit, you can't pause the game. You can't time out. Yeah, exactly. But you can time out otherwise. Like, if you're oh, in neutral. Oh, or... I see. I was thinking of, like, the timer runs out. Time out. Oh, like, like a, oh, a no, way like, to like, pause. Like, the like game. sports time out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, like somebody jumps in on you. You want to anti or so you time it out, right? Okay. Whatever. Whatever the use case is. Okay. Number two. Do you think fighting games should stick to accommodating casual audiences or should they focus on being more complex for skilled players and veterans? Number three, would what would be some cool alternate win conditions, e.g. not just reducing health to zero, that you'd like to see in fighting games? Number four, is it common for players to feel ungodly pressure when playing fighting games online, even though they know it shouldn't be a big deal? How can players overcome this? Number five, 
How do you feel about modded characters in competitive play? Could you ever see yourself entering a tournament for a ROM hack like Ford Strike or Marlin Pie's modded UMVC3 setup? And the winner is uh, number three. What would be some cool alternate win conditions, like not just reducing health to zero, that you'd like to see in fighting games? Well, I mean, one game has it right now, right? Soul Calibur's got the ring out, so that's definitely... But doesn't your health get reduced to zero? <laughs> sure. Okay. Okay, lawyer. <laughs> I believe it does, friend. It does, it does. <laughs> My I mean... take on this... What? What do you got? Oh, no, go ahead, go ahead. My take on this is the answer to the question that people sometimes ask us, which is like, which game do you want to dredge out of the past and make something new out of again? Um, and that is uh, Fighter's Destiny. Right. Yeah, knockdowns get points. Yeah, knockdowns get points. Ringouts get points. Whatever it is, there's a system of points. I forget what they all are exactly now, but it's whoever gets seven points first. I like mm -hmm. that as a set of win conditions. I think that's very interesting never been done again i think it would be cool to explore i would really like to see more of an exploration of that but that's just kind of one of those like ideas on the evolutionary tree that had one tiny little branch and then it just snapped right off and nothing ever grew there ever again right. it would be cool i'm not sure that it's super competitive but maybe it could be made that way it would be cool that game itself i should say is definitely not super competitive but i, right. I think those could be cool there's a there's a game that came out recently. I believe it's called Hellish Court. It's in beta now. I'm looking actually, literally at my Steam wish list right now to make sure that's what it's called. Yeah, Hellish Court. Uh, it's kind of like Bushido Blade. It's one v one sword fighting with different styles. And I, I mean, it's been done, but it, again, like you said, it's this is kind of like, you know, mm -hmm. dredging up from the past. Yeah, I think dismembering people and things like that, like. Doesn't have to be hyper realistic like Hellish Court or Bushido Blade was meant to be. Um, it could even be cartoony or whatever. But taking away weapons, like say arms came out and you know you punched the heck out of someone's right shoulder, so now they can't use that arm anymore. I was about to say things this. like that. You're talking about time, time killers. killers. Baby. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, I would, yeah, time killers. Yeah, that's another one. Exactly. I, yeah, I would, I would like to see stuff like that get tried again, where you can take away weapons from your opponent. Um, and not just like, a, I absorbed your power, but like, actually, you can't use that shit anymore because your right. right leg is missing and now you have to hobble around or whatever the case is. I think it could be <laughs> cool if done right, but again, competitive? Mm, I don't know if I play it seriously. What are you going to do? Bleed you know, on me? <laughs> <laughs> we'll call it a draw. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I always thought one of the coolest ones was Smash Brothers, right? They reversed it. Uh, building up your and so the win condition when I was knocking them out of the ring I've never had the chance to talk about this I've always wanted to do a big long uh, Chen reaction on this but it's one of the most brilliant flips on the fighting game genre turning it from instead of draining the health to building up the health because it provides context to the match and that's that is one I, I can go into in detail. I don't want to. I'll save it for my own stream at one point. But it provides a storyline context to the match. I never updated Ooh. our stream over here. I didn't actually copy and paste the poll question. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, so it's just blank over here. But honestly, like I would love to see all sorts of kind of different ways 
to set that to to actually create new ideas obviously one of the hardest things to do is to come up with something because it hasn't been come up with i mean that's like the whole concept of inventions but if someone can come up with different ways to win i think that's awesome i i think we need to experiment with that a little bit more like like i said i think the smash brothers uh, method is so much better. I mean, just to sum it up quickly, if you hit somebody in Street Fighter when they have 100% health, and when you hit someone when they're at 10% health, it's the exact same thing. But in Smash Brothers, if you hit someone at 10% health versus if you hit someone at 110% health, you get a completely different interaction, and it tells you a play of a storyline of someone is in a desperate situation versus when they're not in a desperate situation. It provides a feedback to the players. And then when you die, you come back at zero, you feel safe again. There's a very different thing, a mm. uh, different feeling to that game. You can feel the storyline of every stock. Whereas in fighting games, it's harder to kind of grasp that as a player. And so I think that's genius. And I think we need to explore more of that kind of stuff to make fighting games stronger, in my opinion. So, yeah. Cool, cool answer, actually. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Is Anything that, else to say about this one? Yeah, I, I, think, I think we nailed it. Good job, guys. Okay. <laughs> hey, all right. Congrats, everybody. All right. all right, the next one is a tie between three of them. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Uh, all right, so which one of these, which it's number one, number four, and number five. So which fighting game would benefit? Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Which fighting game would benefit most from a timeout button? Or is it common for players to feel ungodly pressure when playing fighting games online? Or... How do you feel about modded characters in competitive play? How's this? Why don't we all answer one? We all get to pick one. Oh, I'm on board for sure. Okay, you got it. I would uh, like to... I'll, I'll take number five. Okay, I wanted to take number four. But... I was going to suggest that you take number four. That's great. Okay. And then, Tubbo, you got number one? Uh, What's number one here? Time my button? Sure. Okay. Got it. Should I, should I just go ahead? Am I, are we What's your or? answer? Number one. Which fighting Marvel game would benefit 3. most from a timeout button? Tubbo where? Marvel 3. So you can see when people call assist and you can have your birthday then. Like, it's, that's like super obvious to me. You hear the assist get called? You pause it. Oh, hey, look, I have Sentinel. Now I get to do drone super into X-Factor and both your characters <laughs> That is a good point. Yeah. Okay. It's definitely not going to be something that's relatively not wild like a street fighter or like a mortal Kombat. like it's yeah, not no, gonna, it's not going to be that it's going to be yeah a very fast game where it's going to matter like hokuto no ken where like you could find an infinite if you pause it at the right spot like exactly. something where it's like you win if you get this correctly yeah yeah so yeah i, I think i i mean obviously i'm a bit biased but yeah i, I definitely think marvel 3 is picking up a list <laughs> Oh, assist is called great. Pause the game, now you get to set up and kill your assist. So. <laughs> you, can, yeah. you can argue Dragon Ball Fighters as well, but you can call assist during special moves in that game. It's a bit easier to cover your assist. Where Marvel 3, you're almost every time you call an assist, you're taking some type of risk. Arguably, Marvel 3 has a pause button in X Factor, which X Factor briefly, briefly, very briefly the stops the stream very briefly yeah not quite enough to react to did an assist get called or not okay you can, you can definitely x factor and then get hit by the assist that got called you know if, if it's like doom beam from full screen things like that it'll be really hard to actually punish that makes sense so that's why you don't see it very often yeah 
All right, James. Okay. Uh, is it common for players to feel ungodly pressure when playing fighting games online, even though I know it shouldn't be a big deal? Uh, yes. <laughs> I think it a hundred... I think playing online ranked is probably more stressful than almost any other version, uh, even playing in tournaments. Tournaments can be stressful. And shoutouts to Balberry for the two gift subs. Uh, to Gormalas and Ralphage. Nice work, thank um, you. But I really, really do think that um, it's more stressful because in tournaments, when you lose, you turn, you shake the hand of the opponent, whether you say GG's is up to you. But like, <laughs> you know, there's a whole situation where you can, you know, you're still in the environment, you're still there, you get to absorb things, you get to still be in the environment and everything like that. When you play, even in the arcade stuff that I'm doing on the streams, you know, with the Soul Calibur and the Samurai Showdown, people don't get salty as much when they play in those because we know who we're playing against and there are people in the chat. And so when you lose to them, you're like, God damn it, I thought I did this. And the other person's like, yeah, I kind of noticed that or whatever like that. But when you play random person online, like, you want them to know that you fucked up the DP or like you or like they could have killed you by doing this or something like that. You want to. But the fact that they're there and you're probably picturing them going, <laughs> what a scrub, <laughs> you know, like some jerk in the basement or something like that makes it really stressful because you don't get any feedback from them. So it's really uh, it's it's tough. I mean, it's hard for me. I hate playing online, honestly. I really do, and it's why I get so angry, and it's why it's so stressful for me, because it doesn't have that arcade feel to me, and I talk about how much I think fighting games are super hard to get to get into these days, because that's 98% of your playtime is this horrible ranked match system where it's terrifying and it's hard on your nerves. So I think it's absolutely normal. And uh, how can players overcome this? It's just really up to you. It's just to learn to get over it. You know, learn to deal with it. I haven't figured out how to get over it. I haven't figured out how to deal with it. So if anybody can answer this question, help me. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I can, but I don't think it'll help people right. that, are, that, that, that are affected by that. But it's straight, yeah. we just don't care. Yeah. That's if, basically, if you don't care, yeah. you're, you're not going to get mad. And mm. that's kind of how I look at Rand, yeah. whatever. <laughs> I mean, I'm a little bit in between. I'm in between. Like, I, I want... I, I've certainly felt the pressure of playing online, especially in the context of a game where, like, it's a game that I want to play, but I haven't played in a while, and I feel like I'm not going to be good. That I've felt plenty of times because I've focused on... Street Fighter Five a lot, so I haven't played Mortal in a while. Or then I've played a lot of MK, and then I haven't played Street Fighter in a while. And each time I like go back, or whatever, I haven't played KI in a couple in years, or whatever it is. I, I, I feel that feeling, that that kind of pressure feeling. Um, and it's the same kind of feeling that I get. Like I walk into a room, and like I need to glad hand for work. I need to like network. This is a networking yeah. opportunity, which I'm stressed out by. Um, it's it's the same kind of feeling internally for me. And I guess I get through it the same way that I get through the other things of just thinking, like, it's going to be over pretty soon. <laughs> that's honestly geez. that's honestly the way that I, I get through these things. I think, you know, future David's already good. He's right, back right, at right. home. Everyone's answering this question now, and that was kind of the, yeah, not yeah, the yeah. point of this. So That's true. Yeah, anyway, what, just to... answer your question, David. Jeez, <laughs> 
just imagine yourself as being entirely dislocated from yourself and you'll get yeah, through it fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, my answer on modded characters is, yeah, I could totally picture myself <laughs> playing a modded game. Absolutely. I don't think I have, but I would for sure I would play a modded CVS2 to make Blanca not quite so wild or whatever, like whatever. Yeah, specifically I'm calling you out. That's right. I think that would be cool. I, I haven't. Or like if there's a third strike ROM hack that makes that game balanced, that would be great. The only issue I would have is that I don't think other people would be playing. So I wouldn't have much competition. And that's really what I enjoy about fighting games is having competition. But the idea of it is certainly something I'm I'm cool with. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, VTN Wesley, ask Serlin about that. <laughs> Would an old game with a modern balance patch be useful or good in general? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I know I'm kind of violating as well. I wouldn't play one of those things because I have that problem. I mean, the reason why I never played Super Turbo New Legacy is because every time I see something like that, because it was created by a fan or someone like that, all I ever do is think about how they did it wrong and how I could do it better. And it just gets me annoyed. And so I won't play it just so I don't put myself in that position, basically. So <laughs> that's just basically what it comes down to. <laughs> yeah. Yep, sounds right. But the idea cool. was cool with me. I thought Project M was awesome. I didn't wasn't I wasn't playing it, but I thought the idea of that was super cool at yeah. the time. All right, let's move on then. Okay. What do we got here? Some tournament results we're gonna get to. Yes. So we talked about we play already. Let's talk about the Winter Clash 2021. This was a tournament that took place for Caribbean slash Gulf Coast countries and states, and it had a few different games. So it kind of, it feels like a major weird, right? Isn't that <laughs> like multiple different games? What it, it's That time's going to come back eventually, but not yet. This was online, of course. So Mena mm -hmm. RD won Street Fighter V. Kaba got second place in that. Dragon Ball Fighters was won by Chris017. And MK11 was won by Full Auto, uh, who's in the US. Um, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate was won by Bandits uh, Zero Mart. Okay. That's cool. Again, I just think that's interesting that there's multi-game tournaments online. Right. I like that. There was a Smash World Tour Central America South Qualifier. We've talked about Smash World Tour. This is another stop on it. As the name says, in the southern portion of Central America. It was won by Tiger's Capitancito with Me Gunner. Also, I wanted to shout out Transitional Combat 2, which was for Tekken 7 and which raised $10,000 for Trans Lifeline. Um, that oh. is amazing. Nice. Absolutely. Yeah. Super, super cool. Great job to everybody involved in that. Nice work. Yep. Any yeah. other tournaments you all wanted to uh, shout out? There was also the tactical combat that we did this weekend uh, for MK11 mm. that David and I did. Oh, it was Match Arena. So a bunch of people uh, were able to restream it and everything like that. But it was put together by... Matcherino along the lines of their Tropical Rain thing with Street Fighter V and their Matcherino Cup for Super Turbo. I'm just really glad to see Matcherino trying to get more involved and do more direct events like this and everything like that. Uh, the winner was AJ. Um, oh, nice. Do you know much about AJ as a player, David? 
Yeah, I mean he's a. I know most of the Scorpion player, although we saw him play Rain too. Yeah, yeah. He's okay. he's definitely super legit. He does well in okay, community okay. tournaments pretty regularly. Yeah, he took it over Kerbalicious, so that was the grand finals right there. But uh, congratulations to him. Uh, job well done to AJ. So that was that. Cool. Uh, TNS grand finals season finals. I guess. Ah, oh, that's right. Uh, Jabril won it, and Coach Steve took second. And I don't know who took third, but that's what happened. Wow. Uh, I get I caught a little bit of it. I didn't watch the whole thing. Um, I know Steve said he played really well. He's proud of himself. So sounds like it, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but Jabril, I think I don't think he's actually still on the East Coast. I think he is back home. So I think he won it all the way from Seattle or Washington. Wow. So yeah, good on Jabril for winning with all that inherent lag. If <laughs> Uh, he, he might still be in the East Coast. Please don't quote me, but I, I thought that I'd rather he went home. So. Super yeah. cool. Okay. All right. Um, but there's a little bit of community news to talk about. There's really not that much. I wanted to shout out the fact that the Tenno Intercontinental Fight Club yeah. is going to have Guilty Gear Strive. It has Tekken 7 right now, so that's happening on, I believe, Wednesday nights. Well, they just Wednesday finished, nights in different parts of the world. They just finished their first season, and I think they're talking okay. about season two now for Tekken, and then Got starting uh, Strive soon as well. Yeah, Strive obviously is not out, but when that comes out, it's going to start being every Thursday night mm -hmm. on July 1st is when it starts. Yeah. Check that out. That's pretty great. That's my birthday. Nice. Okay. I turned 29. Uh, James Games is closing yeah, the arcade in Southern California. That yeah. has been out open for a long time. In fact, the Twitter chain that James Games, the Twitter account, put up about this says that it was started by James Degner in 1978. Yeah, it's been around a long time. It has been around a mm. long time, yep. The current owner took over in 1982. So, I mean, that's a long, long time for that to have happened. It's 40 years. And now it's not going to happen anymore. So Saturday, March 27th was the last day that has come and gone. And yeah, it and sounds James like games in, in SoCal gone. Sounds like a lot of the same thing. The landlord had no, wasn't trying to be helpful with that. And there was just no way that he could maintain it at that point in time. And so I actually yeah, know uh, my, my roommate and his girlfriend have bought a bunch of the stuff from there too so they've bought like i currently have like mm. a, 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 a a cabinet sitting in my garage right now <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so um but yeah it's sad to hear because i think that was like it's probably was the last arcade like last old school arcade here in southern california that really had any history uh, especially with the fgc and stuff yeah. so it's really sad to hear that that's gone it was never a big arcade for me I went there a few times, but that's kind of on the opposite side of SoCal from where I lived. Mm -hmm. So it just wasn't a big one for me. But yeah, I knew a lot of people who would regularly go there and then we would all meet up at Family Fun, you know, kind of like the mm -hmm. the major meetup, which was closer to me than it was for them. But, you know, my home arcades were in Simi Valley and theirs were in James right, Games area. Right. Yep, it was a big part of the scene for sure. Officially closing tomorrow, March 31st. That sucks. That's all I got for community news. But as far as upcoming stuff, I want to remind you all to watch this coming weekend when there's going to be, if you're interested in the WePlay UFL Soul Calibur 6 event, it's going to start on April 1st, 1st through 4th. 
And they got a lot of strong players. I mean, I'm no expert in Soul Calibur players, to be honest, but I definitely recognize a bunch of these names. Party Wolf, Skill, uh, Shen Chan, Linkors. Yeah. What's cool is they, they grab Ooga, people from a lot of different Sane. They got a lot of people from different areas. Like, I'm really happy to see the Kura is in there. He's the best player in Korea, and he's a Killick player, so obviously I follow Ooh. him. Uh, but I know there was some contention with some of the players, but, you know, as with Invitationals, it's always dependent on who can make it, who can't make it, and you never know all these weird things happening behind the scenes. But uh, the, the list is pretty solid. It's pretty varied from all around the world, so that's really cool. They have Karyane there as commentator, mm -hmm. or as as host. I, don't, I guess I don't know which one she's doing, what but she's the, on the yeah. on the broadcast. Yeah, oh, for which sure. Is great. Yeah. Uh, in addition, Game Realms is doing a tournament. Game Realms is a game store here in Southern California. I've been there. Have you been there to Game Realms? I have been there. I went there with Mike the Bonus when I visited last oh, time. Oh, nice. There. Okay, okay. Okay, yeah. It was running one of our main locals for sure until yeah, yeah, that's, everything that's, that's where you went to, you know, he said it was a dope place. We're going to check that out. But yeah, I've been there. Wow, that's cool. So on April 9th to 11th, for a $15 entry fee, they're going to be doing North America Region Street Fighter V event with a over $2,000 prize pot. So please check that out. Is that an in-person thing? Yeah, no, I was about to ask. Is that on online or in-person? No, it's online. It's online. It says oh, wired okay. connection required. So this is an online event. Now, does that mean you can only be in California to enter it? Because if it's it, entry fee, obviously there's always that state problem, right? Yeah, Certain yeah. states. Yeah, I assume that they've thought about that. But it does say North America region, so... Okay. I mean, most of the states you can enter, and it's not a big deal. But okay. there are there are some where you can't. Right. In any case, game that. underscore realms on Twitter is where you can find that. They got a merch store as well. Please check them out. Um, I am hoping that they survive until post COVID, so that we can have locals there again. But yeah, we'll cool. we'll see. And then finally, the Street Fighter Five Spring Update. Just to remind you all, is happening next week, just before the Tuesday show at. 3 p.m. Pacific time on April 6th. So we're going to be doing a co-stream of that event. And like last time, we'll probably chat about it extendedly afterward. We, I think we did a <laughs> couple hours of the stream. Right. Just like looking into all the little minute details of Dan and Rose. Wait, wait, and the, the stream goes live at 3 p.m. Pacific time. So that means... It'll probably last like at least an hour or two, right? No, it was a half hour last time. Oh, yeah, it was very. It wasn't short, but I mean, it was. Oh, man, are you guys gonna go straight into the Tuesday show? Jeez. I mean, we might, depending we, we on might. how long we go. So. <laughs> yeah, depending on how long we talk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, check that out. That's next Tuesday, April sixth at three p.m. Pacific time. Okay, that's all we got for community slash upcoming. Yeah, James Let's Games get... is already closed. It's officially closing tomorrow. Tomorrow, but like. Yes. They've already uh, done a bunch of stuff. I know you can support them and buy some T-shirts, uh, some old uh, their James Games T-shirts there if you want to help support them because uh, the the owner is I mean he is in dire straits right now with having to deal with this. It's absolutely um, I mean I've heard he uh, he's got like one hour of sleep in like the past week. It's been like stressed. It's just been like stressful for him just to deal right, with this situation. Yeah, I can yeah. yeah, that's that sucks. Yeah. All right. 
Let's get to our bag of mail right. at the end here. Starting off with Fighting Feng Huang, who says, you are making a grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> okay, is that it? That's a sentence That's that he wrote. What ingredients do you reach for? Uh, I mean, like usually if I'm making a grilled cheese, that's because I want something quick and simple. So it's give me some white bread, some craft cheese, and some butter. That's that's it. You get a you get a, a high heat pan. You butter both sides of the bread. You lay it down for about two minutes each side. There you go, grilled cheese. Yeah. Now if I want to make a fancy pants, you know, artisan uh, grilled cheese. I'm obviously going to be using something like sourdough. Uh, I'm going to be using a cheese that has um, a pretty low melting point, so it melts nicely, like a, I don't know, maybe like a cheddar or like, and I'm, I'm talking about like nice cheeses, not from, you know, shredded from a bag. So maybe like a cheddar, Gruyere, something like that, Gouda, Swiss even, something like that. And, and then obviously you, you butter both sides. but. There's only so much you can do with a grilled <laughs> cheese. Like you're not, it's not that advanced, you know. But yeah, people put all sorts of stuff in there. Some people put tomatoes in there. Some people put uh, lettuce that, in there. No, that's not a grilled cheese anymore. You're you're doing something else. Right. I just grilled cheese with bread and cheese. That's yep. That's bread, it. cheese, butter. That's it. That's all I'm reaching for at this. Some point people in time. use different fats. Like they might use mayo instead of butter. I've tried that before. I've tried like olive oil and things. Like I highly prefer butter over any other type of oh, fat yeah. that you want to put on the outside of the bread. Yeah, I, I, I just, yeah, I think if you start adding lettuce and tomato and bacon, well, now you got a BLT with cheese. It's not a, it's not right. a, exactly. anymore. a cheese sandwich so. is specifically cheese. <laughs> That's it. Exactly. If you put ham in it, it's a ham and cheese sandwich. It's exactly. not a cheese yeah, sandwich exactly. anymore. So That's okay. It. okay. Exactly. I'm convinced you've convinced me. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, the best bread for a grilled cheese is actually challah. I'll have you know, it's egg challah. Well, if you like Maybe grilled cheese so sandwiches, challah! Have... James, it's not pronounced challah, it's pronounced challah. I did say it so that way. So get it right, okay. buddy. Fine. <laughs> I didn't hear enough in your throat. Challah. You guys are just failing at this. Anyway, challah's the challah. best. <laughs> so, what, I, what I do? There you go. I know you can do it. I hear it in your voice every night. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, you get some of that. What do we got in the fridge right now? I guess we have some camembert in the fridge. Actually, we got. We've been getting camembert from Ralph's. Very fancy cheese from Ralph's. So that's probably what I'd do. And obviously, I would butter it with the fancy artisanal butter that we have Jesus for Christ. professional baking purposes because I live with a professional baker <laughs> who has very fancy butter. Did you know that there's different kinds of butter? I did, yeah. Okay, I didn't before I met her. But there that sounds like are. the brand of a butter, right? Did you know there are multiple <laughs> kinds of butter? <laughs> I'm not talking about brands. No, I mean, like, there's, like, types Did you know of there's different kinds yeah, yeah, of yeah. butter? <laughs> anyway. That's my grilled cheese sandwich. What do you got, James? I said already, bread, butter, and oh. cheese. Like, that's it. Yeah. Like, wow. to, to but me. those are categories of food. <laughs> <laughs> I 
kind of he's kind white of bread uh just regular man i don't know like i really like making these breakfast sandwiches these days and i and i i use like a lot of tillamook cheese with that i've never made a grilled cheese sandwich with tillamook i wonder how that would actually taste hmm i have to think about that um now i kind of want to make a grilled cheese sandwich but Wait, yeah. tillamook, is that like the the little wax wrapped Cheeses? It's just a brand. It's there's they, they make oh, different okay. kinds. Yeah, of it's cheese. a sharp cheddar okay. cheese. It's a sharp cheddar cheese, basically, is what okay. it is. So, um, but it's really good. I like it. Um, but yeah, um, that would that's it, pretty much. I would go with the basics because it's it's just like you know you know spoilers ratatouille right like you go for the the childhood memory kind of thing right and that's what that's what you know speaks to you the most and and that's how he did it at the end of ratatouille so there you go you know i might put some dry basil on there i don't know i might get God, what fancy. is this this is not a cheese cheese sandwich is something that your mom makes you in five minutes when you come home from school and you're hungry <laughs> And then you just eat that with a cup of milk like I used to, even though I should probably be drinking soda or something like that. But yeah, there you go. Puts a lot of dairy all at once. We did not do that. All right. ATP asks a classic. Would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or 100 duck-sized horses? An absolute internet classic. Also, Ryan Markle asks... Would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or 100 duck-sized horses? Did they seriously both ask the yeah, same question? They actually did, yeah. Are you serious? Come on, people. It's an internet classic. Okay. Uh, I think you stand a better chance against the one big one than the 100 little ones because ducks aren't that small. That's that, Ducks can be reasonably large, yeah. Ducks aren't ducks Especially aren't when they have their wingspans out there. Yeah, if they got big wingspans. A hundred little horses kicking at your legs, you're you're fucked. You're, that's it. Yeah, you can't. You'll be overran. You can't take on a hundred. Yeah, I think that's. You maybe take on twenty, but a hundred, there's no way. Yeah. I don't think you can take on twenty. What? That's a, that's a maybe. A hundred, right. there's no. Yeah. Way. I, feel like, no I feel like if this is one horse-sized duck versus ten, ten duck-sized yeah, horses, uh -huh. like maybe there's a question, but. Yeah, agreed. I think a hundred is overdoing it, even if it's a standard internet question. One horse-sized yeah. duck is clearly more manageable because if you get yourself a nice shield or whatever, you know which way to defend, you know. But if you have a hundred tiny a little shield. things, I mean, my friend always said at one point in time, if you gave everybody in like China a stick, they could take over the world just because there's so many, right? You just get overwhelmed with people, so like the volume is too much uh, compared yeah, yeah. to the single thing. They I definitely even, agree, yeah. They could even take turns. Like, can you imagine if 50 ducks attacked you while 50 of them rested? And then they just, yeah. like, slowly cycled out? They would you're, always you're be in prime condition to blow you up. You're screwed, yeah. It would, it would have to be an animal much smaller than a duck. Yeah. It would have to be, like, 100 gecko-sized horses or something. <laughs> then, then, you know, sure, I'll take on the 100. But, yeah, if it's, like, something comes up to my knee, like, 100 toddlers, 100 toddlers could kill me. You know what I'm saying? Like, just, <laughs> yeah, it's just too much. It's way too much. I agree with that. And for a single horse-sized duck, its weak spots are going to be really embiggened, right? They're going to yeah, be yeah. very obvious where its weak spots are in a way where you could just, like, maybe grab the bill or maybe you could, you know, rip out some feathers that are, like, real easily grippable because they're so large. 
I feel like that actually could be a downsize for the horse-sized duck in some ways. I'm glad that we've nailed this. That we've nailed it. Yeah. All right. I'll come to our consensus on the duck. And then, All of right. course, and then... our weekly Casmer question. Last week was disappointing. So let's Last see what... Last week, this loser asked... This loser. <laughs> I'm actually just going to bring it up because we have it all written down up here. Mailbag question from him last time was, who would win in a knife fight? Mario Mario or Luigi Mario? Come on. Come on. Obviously it was Luigi. Disappointing, Casmer. Disappointing. Obviously it was Luigi. This time, EX Casmer on Twitter asks, a witch corners you in an alley behind Taco Bell. She hands you two pills. You must choose. One, the green pill. Your eyes grow 24% larger, but you have half the depth perception. Number two, brown pill. Your head shrinks by 12%, but you're aware every time someone notices and doesn't say anything. Which one would you rather have? <laughs> All right. Well, see, here's the thing, Casmer. This is on brand for weirdness, but it's, it's not a well-thought-out question, man. <laughs> you're very obviously going to take the 12% head shrinkage. Because if your eyes get 24% bigger, people are going to notice anyways, man. Like, no matter what, somebody's noticing something, and you get worse eyesight with the bigger eyes. With your head shrinkage, there's no negative besides your head got 12% smaller, which is probably noticeable to some people, but it's COVID times, so I haven't been out for, like, a year. If I go out after a year, nobody's going to notice a difference. You know, it's like... You have to see someone one day and their head is 100%. Then the next day you see their head at 88%. You're going to notice a difference. A year passes, you're not going to notice that difference. Give me the shrunken head. No question. This is an easy question to answer. I'm disappointed in you once again, Casmer. What size is your hat? Do you have like an unusually large hat? I don't I don't have a... Uh, hold on. I can I can show you the, the blips. So I, I don't have a, a custom hat size anymore. I haven't bought a fitted cap in a long time. Okay. But most of the time, I have I'm at three uh, notches here. Okay, it's pretty almost normal. All, almost all of these. Um, that's not that's nothing too wild. So, I'll probably I'll maybe have to to go down to the four notches. Yeah, that's not okay. that's not so big. Yeah, three yeah. to or or small. It's kind of in a normal spot. Yeah. Okay. I mean. Yeah, I mean my my questions are related to. You know where where do people start in the first place? Also, if your eyes are twenty four percent larger. Are we talking about my eyeballs, or are we talking about my eyes in the whole <laughs> the whole eye situation happening up here? If it's just the eyeball, I begin to get worried that like my eyes would protrude in a way that would actually they, be They actually would, because your eyes never grow from birth. They're the same size from your birth till the day you die. So that means your head is designed to go around those eyes. So That's if they true. got 24, that is true. If you 24% bigger, then they are going to protrude and stick out of your dome piece. It's going to look real gross. I mean, I'm not worried about having half the depth perception. I'm almost blind as it is. That's not for me. Whatever. <laughs> that, what's what's half of effectively zero? Doesn't matter. Um, so that that part doesn't bug me out. But I think I think the answer is head. All you really got to do to hide a smaller head is grow out your hair a little bit more. You just have a little, just fluff the hair out slightly. Nobody's really going to notice that much. If this were like 32% and it begins to become weird looking, maybe we have a different topic. But 12%? 
Also, I'm aware every time someone notices and doesn't say anything, so I'm going outside constantly worried and concerned about the fact that I know that I have a small head. But on the other hand, I get to notice whenever anybody's checking me out, which is something I've always wanted to be able to do. I've always wanted to know, <laughs> checking me out. So this would be and a now superpower. I get, to, I get to answer this question. This would be a superpower. For me, it's a superpower, yeah. Especially like back in my heyday, you know, back in the day. <laughs> Uh, while I was on the market, as they say. If oh, if I had this superpower, I feel like my life would actually be a lot easier. <laughs> it would have had probably been a significant improvement, in fact. My, my main question is, though, is if your head shrinks by 12%, what does that do to your brain size? Does your brain size stay the same? And if that doesn't change and it's only your head shrinks, that would also give you a higher chance of contra coup, right? You could definitely get uh, some major damage from that every time someone pushes you and shoves you and stuff because you just don't have as much give between your skull sure, and sure. your brain. So that would be kind of terrifying. That's the main downside. So I just want to know, like, does my brain shrink in 12% but I'm still just as smart as before, which is to say so. not very? But well, like brain size it, doesn't mean smartness. Yeah, there are people who have smaller heads or bigger heads, and they're idiots or geniuses. I mean, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so you know. if my brain shrinks by 12% as well to compensate for the smaller cavity space for the brain, then yeah, then the brains, then the head size is the, clearly the easiest answer. Otherwise, you're just going to go around looking like, you know, battle Alita from, from the movie, you know, and it's just going to be weird and people are just going to call you anime man all day and you have half the depth perception which would suck so yeah yeah exactly i was thinking about how the some people are really into eyes and having large eyes is like a plus but 24 percent is just like probably too much that's, that's a lot yeah that's a lot probably percentage. too much it's yeah a lot percentage. yeah i agree <laughs> i agree uh all right that's it for the mailbag so speaking of being an idiot uh, I was an idiot over this past weekend for a couple of days. <laughs> uh, so Thanks I got for a couple. I, thanks, Tubbleware. I appreciate that. But definitely for at least a couple of them. So I got the COVID shot. Um, mm. I just happened to have a lucky situation where we knew that there were going to be more vaccines than they had planned to give out, and we got there in time, and we 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 got it. So. Uh, congrats to, to us. Yay, you all should get it if you can. It's beginning to become available to people in other places uh, who aren't you know, old or in a certain category of work. Um, anyway, pick it up if you can. So the negative side effects that we got, we were tired, yes. However, we also had extreme brain fog. We, we couldn't, <laughs> the brain fog was wild. And you know, I've heard tales of people who have long-term effects of having COVID and brain fog is one of the ones that they um, have have complained about most. That sounds right. really scary to me to have this feeling. And dude, if I felt like that all the time, or if I thought that I might feel like that all the time, and it would really be honestly terrible. Like it was, it was super sucked to just know that I wasn't able to think. It was like I was drunk without like any of the positives. There was no fun <laughs> aspect to it. Like I was aware that I was an idiot Rather than when you're drunk, you're like, oh, I'm, I have no idea that I'm an idiot, you know? <laughs> but I was very aware. And it, so it sucked. So well, after we got the vaccine, Thursday night, we pick up some burritos, take them home. 
I had a vegetarian burrito and a breakfast burrito. My wife had a vegetarian burrito and a breakfast burrito. She had her vegetarian, her breakfast burrito at night. I had my vegetarian burrito at night. The next morning comes. I want to eat my breakfast burrito. I look in the fridge and I see one uneaten breakfast burrito, one half-eaten breakfast burrito, one uneaten vegetarian burrito, one half-eaten vegetarian burrito. And I wanted to eat my breakfast burrito that I knew that I hadn't had any of yet. I could not figure out which burrito I was supposed to eat. <laughs> I, it, was, it was an impossible math problem. It was, it was impossible to figure this out. Oh. One of them was, it, it had, it obviously had vegetables in it. It obviously had sour cream in it. It was a full vegetarian burrito. The other breakfast burrito was obviously half eaten. It wasn't mine. But the one that was mine, that was the full breakfast burrito, I just, I honestly couldn't figure it out. I literally took them out and I kind of like put my hands through them to try to figure out like which one of these is a breakfast burrito or not. It was clear the entire time. And so I just gave up. I literally gave up. I waited until my <laughs> wife came down too. And she and I tried to figure this problem out for probably 10 minutes. Who's wow. burrito? Whose burrito is whose? Wow. Dang. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, wow. Me, at one point, she said something, and I was like, yeah, okay. And she was like, okay. I was like, yeah, okay. And she was like, okay. And I was like, yeah, okay. This sounds like a great stoner movie right here, dude. dude. For actually a full minute, at least, of just us going back and forth. Dude, what does no mine say? Sweet! What does mine <laughs> guys it was like i'm still waiting for like the weird part you're just describing my everyday life <laughs> yeah i know right seriously oh it was this a tough one. weird about this man this so me. so then i went up to do some work upstairs i didn't i hadn't yet realized that i was an idiot yet and because you know if you're an idiot you don't you don't realize it so i started up my work day and i have i take really detailed notes of my work hours so that i you know for billing and whatnot like i very detailed notes and I sat down to my entire document, my full spreadsheet with hundreds of lines of my work hours that I've done. And I think to myself, well, I think I forgot to do this yesterday. So I should do, I should start this day by doing yesterday's. So I get through like five of them. And then I look up literally one line to where the entire detailed history of what I did the previous day was right there the entire time that I was working on it. <laughs> and then I reviewed the work that I had just done and it was complete nonsense. None of it added up. Some of the words didn't, they weren't real words. Good job. Um, Good job. So I, I, I almost immediately called up my clients who I had calls with that day and I was like, I, I can't, we have to postpone this. <laughs> I, can't, I can't think today. <laughs> Give me a few days. Uh, so anyway, now it's back to normal, but dude, honestly, that, if I thought that that was gonna be permanent, it really would be terrible. But then since it was a single day, kind of day and a half-ish, it's funny. Funny in retrospect, but man, man it was pretty tough for a while. Oh. So anyway, please words, get the vaccine. After you get the vaccine, don't do anything <laughs> for a little bit. Uh, oh, dude. Plan on having it be a multi-day task, basically, right? I mean, not, not for everybody. I know my yeah, parents got it, and like none of them had anything. Like, they were... For neither shot, did, they, did either one experience any symptoms? So I don't know what to tell you, but 
please get the vaccine if you can. If it's available to you, it's going to become available to everybody in the U.S. pretty soon, within a couple of weeks. Make your we opened up appointments today if you for, can. Yeah, we opened up today for everyone, but I didn't even bother to try because I live in a major city and, well, <laughs> a lot of people live here. So we'll see. We'll see. But, yeah, hopefully I'll be able to get mine soon, too. Or at least get an appointment. Uh, I would not have trusted myself to drive during that time. No, we didn't have those side effects until we woke up the next day. So driving home from the vaccine oh, was totally okay. fine. So you weren't expecting it. And then when it happened, you're like, oh, crap, kind of thing. Good thing it didn't happen. Dumb overnight. It was. I didn't even realize it at first. That's the like it. I didn't even think about this story with me being an idiot about the burrito was like a story until probably two, three days later when my <laughs> wife was telling it to somebody. And I was like, yeah, you're right. That was really stupid. <laughs> we sat there for like 10 minutes trying to figure this out. Oh, man. Oh, man. It was bizarre. Anyway, please get the vaccine if you can. Okay. Cool. All right. We did it. it. That's the show. Right. Have All a good one, everybody. We, there's, there's two guys, and they were named Ultra and Chen. And they were like, hey, let's be roommates. And they became best friends. And then they were, they said, hey, let's make a show. We're going to call it Ultra Chen. And then one and of them said, it. okay. And then the other one said, yeah, okay. And then the okay. other one said, right, okay. Mm -hmm. And then the other okay. one said, mm, okay. Mm, okay. Right. Okay, yeah. And then mm. the first one said, mm, okay. Yeah, okay. Mm. <laughs> and they were a couple of idiots. <laughs>